Welcome to the home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sterling Holmes live in studio with you from now until 10 p.m. And uh, who would have thought that February 28th would be chock full of Chiefs news? I fully was preparing as of about two days ago, uh, maybe a little royal century. Get excited about spring training. Hope springs eternal. And then you have the NFL report cards come out. Then you have stadium artist renderings come out. Then you have MVS getting released. Then you have the McCall Hardman situation. Plethora of Chiefs news to get into. Actual Chiefs news. Not talking about Taylor Swift making pop charts for the offensive line, which according to Andy Reid actually happened. No, actual Chiefs news. So we'll be talking all things Kansas City Chiefs from now until nine, and then yeah, now until nine. Then from nine to ten, when Briscoe joins, uh, we might be taking a slight trip down memory lane as probably the last show I do with Briscoe, as Briscoe is moving on, and uh, it's going to be sad. But we'll have fun with Briscoe from nine to ten. We'll be joined by Matt Derrick at eight p.m. It'll be joined by Daniel Harms, film analyst, RGR Football at 715. Uh, Matt Derrick, I believe, is actually driving back from the Combine, while Daniel Harms is driving to the Combine. Uh, maybe they'll be passing each other as we're on the phone with them. I'll tend to look out for each other's car. Might be a good idea. Kyle is behind the glass. Kyle, how are you? I'm ready to party. We got a big show. You ready to party? Yeah. I'm glad you're ready to party because I've partied a lot today. Yeah. And by party, I mean drank hot tea to keep my. This weather's got me bleeped up. Yeah, I know. 75, 18. It's cold. My body does not handle this. Okay. I am the. <laughs> I'm the dude that rocks 13 layers when it's 40 degrees. Yeah. You see this sweater. Do you also see this winter coat? Yeah, I don't. I don't mess with this. This messes with me. That's why. No, it, it's been a wild day. The temperature change, and then as you mentioned to start the show, I was expecting baseball. I was expecting David Lesky. I was expecting his number. I was going to be dialing this evening, but no. We've got McCall Hardman opening his mouth. We've got Clark Hunt speaking and showing renderings. It, it's been a wild day, and just a lot of turns I didn't expect. We're going to start with. Uh, McCole Hardman, because this is interesting to say the least for a multitude of reasons, and there is some news that just came out that, if true, would be um, potentially the end of McCole Hardman's NFL career. So, let's start with what we do know before we get into some of the more speculative information. Um, actually, quite frankly, all of this is speculative at this point because McCall Hardman decides to walk back on a lot of his things that he uh, reportedly said in the Ryan Clark uh, podcast slash interview that Hardman was a part of. We'll start there first. Uh, McCall Hardman on that said podcast said that he begged the Chiefs to come get me, which apparently is not sitting well with the Jets brass, which, quite frankly, makes a lot of sense because... That could potentially, allegedly, 
start into tampering rumors. If that were to happen, then draft picks would get involved. Uh, GM Joe Douglas told reporters today at the scouting combine, said, I'll just say those comments definitely resonated with us. Um, it's unclear as of right now if the Jets will pursue tampering charges against the Chiefs. Um, an NFL sportsperson in an email to ESPN declined to comment on whether the Jets have asked the league to check into the matter. Uh, but Hartman was going off on the Jets all day on Twitter as well as on this podcast. McCall Hartman was critical of the Jets' culture and detailed his issues with the team. Now there, no issue. No issue there. <laughs> I think we can all see the Jets not the cream of the crop in regards to a how an organization should run. Uh, McCall went on to say he was so frustrated by his lack of playing time that by week four, uh, which again was that home game against the Chiefs, he said, quote, I'm telling you right now, I was so chicked out like it was over with. I'd already talked to Veach and Pat like, come get me, which I find interesting because what did he say on Twitter just a few hours ago? Um... More than a few hours ago, 19 hours ago. Cole Harmon says, never had talked with KC before the trade, so we can clear that up. The Jets handled my trade on their own and did the right thing by sending me back to KC, In quote. So a little bit of conflicting reports there. Um, you wonder if McCall was just so excited to come back to Kansas City, if you wonder if he's talking to you know Ryan Clark on the podcast and they're playing the Chiefs, so he just says, come get me, and that's being misconstrued as he's saying, the Chiefs come get me. It's not great when he said, uh, I had already talked to Veach and Pat, like, come get me. like That That right there is a, uh, a big yikes moment because, again, you do not want tampering charges. According to NFL rules, teams aren't permitted to have contact with another team's players or coaches. That's considered tampering and could result in the loss of draft picks. My question is, if the Chiefs didn't reach out and McCole Hardman reached out to them, then what happens? I am not going to pretend like I know every intricacy. In, sorry, I'm slightly congested. I'm not going to say it again. Every small minutia in regards to the NFL rule. Don't don't laugh your ass off back there, Kyle. Okay, I'm slightly congested. Some words are hard to say, and you don't know it until you try. I just didn't expect minutia to be the next word. Minutia, you know, I had to drop at least some. What small detail doesn't give me enough uh, enough. Cr- cr- yeah. Yeah. That's why you're in the host chair. I would have said thing. Yeah, <laughs> come on. We're, we're trying to get unique on this show, but. Again, I'm not going to pretend like I know every small detail in regards to NFL rules and the tampering charges. I I don't want to pretend that. But again, teams aren't permitted to have contact with another team's players or coaches. So, draft picks in that instance, if it were to be true, well, wouldn't be great in a year where the Chiefs don't have all their draft picks. Now, would it be this year's? Would it be next year's? I don't know. I need to do a deeper dive into that. Tampering... I just my personal opinion is nothing's going to come of this, so that's why I, I <laughs> let's, let's be real now. I, I I don't. The Jets have more on their plate than this. The Chiefs hopefully are fine. Now the Jets can simply just report this to the NFL, the league office, correct? And they would probably do the investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just regarding Mikol, I total lack of self awareness there. You, you got to be smarter there. He's he's what I would consider a vet now. He's been in this league four or five years. At the most now, and I, and I get it. You know, he's riding a high of catching the game-winning pass in the Super Bowl. He's excited, man. He's been on talk shows. He's he's telling the story of what this this season was like for him, because frankly, it started 
in New York, a, a new team for the first time in his career, and it did not go well at all. He was hardly playing any snaps, and, you know, it's, it was probably a dream come true. You know, basically just reversing a mistake that he made and not returning to the Chiefs, not that they offered him a contract and he declined it, but he was probably so ecstatic to come back to Kansas City and just win and secure yet another ring for himself, and he made the game-winning catch to do it. So I understand the uh, him wanting to tell the story of the highs and lows of this season, the, the yeah. roller coaster he's been on, but he's got to have a, just more self-control there, McColl. you got to be smarter than that. Well, and then um, this is where the allegedly part gets real interesting, okay? I forgot. We haven't even talked about Dave Merritt getting a um, uh, interview with the 49ers to potentially become their defensive coordinator. We've not even talked about uh, Chief Saholic and his lawyer speaking today, which, again, I, typically I would just say that's a... <laughs> I wouldn't talk about it, but it was beyond hilarious that I feel like we have to play it a little later on in this show. But this is where it gets very, very interesting. And if this part is true, this is coming from Connor Hughes. Connor Hughes is a NFL reporter for uh, SNY TV. Um, Connor Hughes has almost 90,000 followers on Twitter. He covers the Jets and Giants. Um, So what I'm trying to get at, this is a, a guy with a lot to use, a lot to lose. Okay, so take all this in totality. Connor Hughes tweets out, quote, Yes, I'm told there was validated belief from the Jets that wide receiver McCall Hardman, frustrated by his lack of usage, leaked game plans to the opposition as implied by several players. Connor Hughes again uh, quote, uh, quote, tweet, uh, quote tweets and puts Sauce Gardner, um, Kenny Yaboa today. If that's true, you don't come back from that as a player. If that's true and you're leaking game plans to the opposition, that's bannable. I don't know how a team would take a chance on a guy after that. And two, I would have to imagine the league gets involved. Now, the only person I have seen this from so far, again, is Connor Hughes. But when you are a guy who is a report, NFL reporter for a very large organization like SNY TV, and you cover the Jets and Giants, and you're putting that out there, you have a lot to lose, as I once mentioned. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to follow this as best I can throughout this show as well. I don't know your thoughts there, but if any of that is true, I don't know how McCole Harmon would bounce back from that. I get, I get it. He's, high, he's, he's, he's having a lot of fun. You caught the game-winning touchdown. You say black out after you uh, uh, going through it in the middle of the game. I'm so happy for the redemption story. We saw something different but similar with Kadarius Toney. If it doesn't work out in a similar stop, it was funny enough, a different New York team, the Giants, move on. They're trying to get a rise out of you. Move on. You have the ring. You are the man who's in the Super Bowl, who is winning a Super Bowl. Forget about those teams in East Rutherford. Forget about the teams that say they're New York, but really are New Jersey, because let's be real, they play in Jersey. Forget about it. Don't bring them up anymore. Nothing positive is going to come from that. Now, it's fun for us to, to rip on the Jets and hear players do it. It's entertaining. But you have to understand the line. And understand what's at stake. Again, we're hoping 
no tampering charges, and none of that previous story that I mentioned is true. But can we just have Chiefs players, specifically Chiefs wide receivers who formerly played in New York, no matter the team, to forget about those two teams? <laughs> Celebrate yeah. the Super Bowl. Don't talk about the the previous uh, train wreck that is those organizations. Yeah. It ain't I, worth it. I think it is just an East Coast issue. Right? You don't hear MVS talking about the North, you know, up there in Michigan or no! excuse me, in Wisconsin. It's it's a New York slash again. Come on, they're the Jersey Jets. They're the Jersey <laughs> Giants. This is they play in East Rutherford. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. We're joined by Daniel Harms, film analyst of RGR Football. Next. Hello, my friend. We meet again. Stroyd Holmes, host in the home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. My friend, Daniel Harms, film analyst of RGR Football, joining us now on the way. I wouldn't say it's really eastbound and down. It's more just eastbound and, and I guess, more east, quite frankly. It's pretty much a straight line. Harms, how are you as you're heading to the Combine? Yeah, you're right. It is about like a 100% straight line across east here from Missouri to Indy. But, you know, I'm doing good, man. Got about three, three and a half hours left on my drive. Doing a little bit of radio here. My first combine. I'm doing good, man. You know, what's making you go to your first combine this year? Opportunity. I, I, you know, I applied for credentials last year. I didn't get them. I have the podcast over at Cover One now that I cover the draft. And I was fortunate enough to get their only credentials. So the cover one got one entire credential, like a lot of other places that we know. And I was fortunate enough to be the one that got selected, selected to go. My wife got time off work. It all just kind of lined up for me. Mm, let's ride, baby. Uh, as far as what you're looking forward to most at the Combine, what would that be? I'm a, I'm a big wide receiver guy. I think I, my, my best work comes at watching wide receivers breaking them down, and I'm excited to see some of these players that a lot of people are either high on or low on, just run fast, jump high, explode, all that kind of fun stuff. It, it just It's an entire experience that we all like to watch on TV, but I'm going to get to see these guys like in person, and it's going to be a whole different world, kind of like it was at the Senior Bowl. You can just see how fast they are with pads and stuff on, but getting straight line speed is, is always more fun, so when we get to see the running backs, the wide receivers, and tight ends, I'm going to be like in my element right there. <laughs> While it might be more fun, I always laugh because part of me sits back and says, yeah, that's awesome, but how often do they do they run without pads and a straight 40-yard line? Uh, I think the answer is uh, never. Um, Every single year at the combine. <laughs> <laughs> so so while we obviously uh, you'll be there to get some measurements and uh, uh, take yeah. a look up close at what all is going on and what they look like in person, how much do you personally take away from the combine itself so you like to me specifically we look at the explosion metrics you know those vertical and the broad jump that really gives you a good idea of how explosive these players lower halves are and you can take that to the film and say okay his first step is really good his leaping ability is good the ability to separate at the end of a runner's route say he's running a you know excuse me a nine route 
if he's ex- exploding out and then he can kind of accelerate at the end there, it gives you that idea of how explosive these guys are. And when I'm going at the 40, I don't necessarily care so much about the overall speed. Game speed and field speed are more important to me, but that 10-yard split is what I like to see specifically for your running backs and, honestly, your defensive linemen and those wide receivers at times because it gives you that, that again, that initial burst off the line, that initial burst from the snap. How explosive are they getting to that point for running backs? How is it they translate from going either horizontally through a hole to getting up through in the second level? How quickly can they do that? So everything you can take bits and pieces of, but you can also, like say someone comes out and runs a blistering 40, and you didn't see that on their tape. You can go back, you can and see maybe this person just trained really well mm. for the combine, or you maybe watch some games that you didn't watch before, and you say, okay, that speed shows up here, or on this route, or in this game, I can see some of that real speed. So it's all about finding out what you really attribute to being able to say, okay, we can take this from the collegiate level, and he can do this in the NFL, to, okay, this is more of he had a couple months to train for this, and we see the explosion metrics and the initial burst off the line or getting out of blocks, as they say, for the, the 40, a really more practice tour. Daniel Harms, film analyst for RG Football. RGR Football is our guest. As far as some of the wide receivers you're most intrigued about, what are you looking for? Um, is there a certain skill set in regards to how they fit Kansas City? Is there a certain round you're looking at? What are you looking at with the, with the wide receivers here? I'm looking for a few guys that I think the I mean consensus is kind of a word that gets thrown around. I know GMs and, and scouts don't really abide by the consensus. It's only around thing. But we're seeing guys like Keon Coleman who in I would I would guess October was like, Hey, this guy's gonna be the number two or number three wide receiver taken. He's he's kinda of falling the wayside here. How is he gonna show up and perform at the combine? I think he has an opportunity to be um, to surprise people, mostly because he's going to jump really well. I think he's a good jump ball player, but I think he's fast enough people give him credit for. And I'm, I'm looking all around. There's going to be some players down the, the board here that, that got invited that I don't really know. I'm going to get acquainted with some of these guys, see how they interview, how they do their the uh, press conference part, measurements, and, and things like that. But like for the, the first-round guys, I personally think Xavier Worthy has an opportunity to go in the first round. I want to see how fast he runs. Like I, personally, like for the Chiefs, I would love it if he maybe didn't blow up the combine so that he <laughs> stayed a little bit lower. But realistically, I love a lot of these players, and I want to see them perform well and be recognized on the national spotlight that is the combine. So I want him to have a really good week. How is how are players like Troy Franklin, who I just broke down on the RGR Football Channel um, tonight? It just dropped on YouTube. Uh, you can go see that breakdown right now. How is he going to run the gauntlet drill? Some of these players that have drop concerns, Johnny Wilson, even Xavier Worthy, Troy Franklin, how are you going to perform here? We see guys that sometimes come in and have those drops littered throughout their tape, continue to have drops here or at the senior bowl, like it is with Tez Walker, who dropped just about everything thrown at him that week. Is he going to be able to bounce back in this gauntlet drill, be able to catch the balls and see you rotate your head around left to right and really – track them as they're coming to you and adjust based on that so all the drills incorporating it with the obviously the explosion metrics and stuff like that those guys specifically that i mentioned i'm interested in seeing but i want to see the guys that i don't know as well i'd love to get more information about receivers and 
have a couple of them catch my eye and say, okay, I'm going to go back to the film, see if I can find games on this player. How are they going to fit in a, a fourth round? Do they make themselves some money here or there? So I'm always interested to see the guys that maybe we don't all know by name, how they're going to perform. Uh, can I give you a different Xavier to look at for me personally, and that's Xavier Leggett? Go for it. Yeah, because he's 6'3", 227 at South Carolina. Uh, yeah. Last year as a fifth-year senior, over 1,255 yards, seven touchdowns, 71 receptions. Um, that's the Xavier I think might be intriguing, potentially in the second round, right? Um, mm-hmm. His size is reminiscent of a DK Metcalf, obviously. Uh, I think you're probably going to see that name in comparison with him a whole bunch just because of the size as well as the um, SEC Connection there. Have you heard about him at all? Have you, have you have you been intrigued by that Xavier? Yes, I'm also a big Xavier uh, Leggett fan. Actually, he measured in smaller than everyone thought he did at the Senior Bowl. He's about six one, and I hadn't comped to Debo Samuel, so that makes a lot more sense to my estimation of his ability. I think he's a much better yards after catch player. He's got really good footwork after the catch as well. He finds that space, and he's going to run a fast for you. I think he's going to be around that 4-3 or closer to sub 4-4 type player. I think he has that ability to him. He was nursing an injury at the Senior Bowl. That's why you people were like, well, he didn't have a very good day one. Yes, but he fought through the injury and had a very good day two with a foot leg injury, which is tough to do. So hopefully he's fully healthy. He's going to run all these drills. And I think that he's a player that people are like, well, how do we see him? A senior that only exploded onto the scene his last year. Well, he played quarterback, and then he trans- he made the transition to wide receiver. He had some injury-plagued seasons in there as well. So while trying to learn to play wide receiver, he got hurt. And you obviously need some game experience to learn, uh, how do I find the soft spot in zone? What is my quarterback like? Where do I need to be in the field for that specific uh, guy? And I think that his last year with Spencer Rattler, we saw he was his go-to player, bailed him out a lot when – there was nothing there. The offensive line was breaking down and also made some yards after the catch is very fast player. So I'm a big fan as well in the second round for, for Xavier Leggett and that body type, the finding space area. I think he still needs to work on his, his route running, getting off of press will be a big thing for him. Um, he's physically really, really strong. So I'm not too worried about that. And if you miss on him on a press or a jam, a jam technique, He's gone behind you. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. So I'm very excited to see what he does as well. How do you see the Chiefs' wide receiver room as a whole breaking down heading into next season? Obviously, the news of the day, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was released. Not a massive surprise, and I don't think the door is necessarily closed. Um I kind of, again, I know people probably weren't going to be happy about this, but I, I thought there might have been a chance for just a renegotiation, if you will, of his contract because the Chiefs obviously value him. Um, there's not really a veteran in the wide receiver room right now. If you make the case for Justin Watson, who is going to enter his second year of that contract he signed last year, uh, I'll, I'll entertain that. But I, I really thought that the Chiefs loved MVS, and it might have made people a, a little upset. But again, I thought there might have been a, a, a workaround to try and bring him back. Again, the door's not necessarily closed right now, but at least as of today, February 28th, uh, he is no longer a Kansas City Chief. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with the MVS thing was the contract. It wasn't necessarily his play because it, if he would have been signed for like what Juju Schuster got, are we all really going to complain a ton about how he played, and especially considering how he played in the postseason? I think that that really was 
the, the ire, drew the ire of Chiefs fans, and myself included. Like, I didn't like the contract. I still really wish it wouldn't have been what it was. But at the end of the day, you can't argue what he did in the postseason. He was throwing the ball pretty much whenever he was when, excuse me, whenever he was throwing it, pretty much caught it. And he made big, big plays the last two seasons, contributing heavily to a Chiefs Super Bowl back-to-back two seasons. So at the end of the day, I'm with you. I don't think the door is closed. I personally think it's going to look a little bit differently next year. They're going to want to get younger and more talented and use different players for that deep threat ability because they still need to have that verticality to their offense. I do think that they might be able to use um, Justin Watson in that role. I think he's. I don't think he's going anywhere. I also would like to see them rotate a little bit with Rasheed Rice because he was much more just the space yak threat for this offense when they desperately needed him to. Um, so he's got some verticality to his offense, uh, to his, his game as well. We saw that at SMU. I'd like to see them use his route tree a little, open the, that up a little bit more this next season. But I don't expect Sky Moore to go anywhere. He's still on his rookie contract. It's a cheap contract. So hopefully he can do something. As much as I, I, I don't think Kadarius Tony should be on the roster, he also been gained by cutting him outside of maybe if the team thinks he's a locker room cancer at this point, that would be a, a net positive for them. But by all accounts, they have had pretty good conversations and interactions with him outside of some of the things that he said on Instagram. So I don't expect him to be gone at this point, even though I personally would cut him and just try to get everything out of the, the door and rework the, the, the wide receiver room. But I do expect a new body, uh, most likely two or three, to be thrown into the, the mix as well. How do you view a? Are you looking at more of like a like a big name free agent? Are you looking at you know again? Of course, Mike Evans is the big name, but let's be real now. Mike Evans, from all accounts, is going back to Tampa Bay. When the GM basically says we'll even overpay <laughs> to bring him back, you're like, all right, yeah, probably not going to be a Kansas City Chief. And you see Michael Pittman Jr. You know, that, that that was a big name uh, when the GM comes out today and says uh, free agent wide receiver Pittman will be a Colt in 2024. Okay, pretty strong. Then you're getting down and to the Curtis Samuel types, the Tyler Boyd types, um, you know, Josh Reynolds, Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley, who's surprisingly already 29, T. Higgins, who's tagged. Um, there's not a whole bunch of great names, quite honestly. Um, what, what, what type of free agent would you see the Chiefs bringing in here? So I'm not sold that Mike Evans is going back, first of all. I know that they said that, but the the timeline they had to give him an extension before everything happened, it, it, it wasn't there. So he's going to be able to test the market still. So I think that there's a possibility there. But with the Chiefs having you know some contracts, some big contracts, obviously the, the big news of today, which I'm sure we'll get to, does maybe add some flexibility if that ends up being a situation, like I said, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna more just tease it right now because we'll talk about it. But the the room, I think that it does still need a veteran or a couple of veterans. But I don't necessarily think it's going to be a big name. It, we, I don't expect them to give a second round pick for T. Higgins and then have to extend him. Um, he's probably going to stay in. I don't know if he's going to stay in, in Cincinnati because I don't think they're going to extend him. I don't think it's going to happen. So I think that this might be the best year that they have to get a valuable pick from him. So maybe something like Car- someone like Carolina throws a second round pick at the, uh, the Bengals and tries to go get in. 
I'm looking at a guy like Kendrick Bourne. Personally, I think he's oh, a versatile boo. player. Boo. I love Kendrick Bourne. I boo, Kendrick Bourne. Harms, boo. Boo this man, player. everyone. He can win on the outside. He's won on the inside. He's a gadget-type player with real speed. You may not like him, but he was in a terrible offense and was honestly the best receiver in New England for the last two years in my mind. Um, I'd like to see him in Kansas City. His skill set's versatile. I like that about uh, receivers. Andy Reid likes that as well. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be more bargain bin shopping. Uh, Josh Reynolds makes sense too, especially if Kendrick Bourne's not your bargain bin guy. Yeah, he is. It's going to be like a one year, six, seven million dollars. It's not going to be anything crazy. All right. uh, uh, Josh Reynolds is a, a, you know, Outside of his performance in the NFC Championship game, yeah. a reliable, move-the-chains kind of guy with good route running. He really runs good dig routes, and, he again, he's a chain mover, a good blocker as well. So he's someone that fits that mold, too. But they, they wouldn't shock me at all, even with their limited draft picks, if they double-dipped at wide receiver in the draft. Uh, just really quickly, since I, I just realized something you said earlier, you said you'd like to see Rasheed Rice more vertical and not just towards the line of scrimmage. Again, we saw that as the season progressed. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you see him more as a outside receiver versus a slot? So I think he can be utilized as a, a true Z. Uh, I think he has that in his game, in that, his ability with the – the verticality, the ball-winning ability, the speed, and the ability to just use the space that he's given. And, and I think that's the natural progression of his game. He was utilizing the slot a ton, but that also evened out over the course of the season. It was more 50-50 by the time the season was over than, than it was early on. So I think that the natural progression for him would be to play everywhere, but also be able to win on the outside, play that Z role, and allow some of the players like Sky Moore to play in the slot more, where he's going to be more successful and where he honestly needs to be if he's going to be successful, if the Chiefs are going to get anything out of him. So my idea would be if he's able to use, use, to be utilized as an X receiver at times as well, it opens up their ability to draft a Z and slash X player and really open up their game because if you put him in the slot, for the most part, I think it limits what their offense can do. So I'd like to see him be utilized a lot more in that regard because I think he can do it. Yeah, and I've said time and time again, I think if Sky Moore is, is in the slot and Rasheed Rice is more outside, I think you're getting the best out of both those guys. Because yeah. um, obviously, obviously, as we've seen, Sky Moore, uh, not an outside receiver. Uh, Legereus Reed, obviously <laughs> franchise tagged, uh, given permission to seek a trade. Obviously, we knew they're going to franchise tag him because – they're not going to let him walk for nothing. So this was the first step. Obviously, same thing how the yeah. Bengals did that with T. Higgins. What do you make of him being franchise tagged, and what do you put his his percentage at? He's either back next year or he's traded. So because he was allowed to, you know, be, be get, to seek a trade, it, it makes me a little bit uneasy that he's going to be back in Kansas City next year. But in on teams like this, there are tough decisions that have to be made. And I, you know, I always figured he'd get the tag. I was assuming, based on Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed, you, you don't want to tag Chris Jones because that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. You want to, okay, Legereus, you're a top-of-the-market corner. We're okay if you end up staying in Kansas City this year. We're okay paying that, and you, you deserve that. You, should, you deserve to get paid. I know that they're going to try to work out something, but the fact that he was given, you know, like I said, the, the ability to go seek a trade gives me a little bit of pause. Now, what are the Chiefs going to want in return? 
that I think that ultimately comes down to it because you can argue that he is a premier shutdown corner in the NFL. Those are rare. And that should warrant more draft capital. I don't know if you can get a first-round pick for him, but I wouldn't rule it out, specifically for a, a team that thinks that they are a, a cornerback away, specifically you know, one of those press-corner-type defenses that still, you still run in the NFL, much like Spags does. You might be able to get more out of a team like that that's desperate for you know, a shutdown corner. I, I think that, that the ability to seek a trade is more trying to get the Chiefs an idea of what his return will be. If it's around that second-round pick, you know, again, depending on the team, how are they going to feel about that? Does that give them more structure to go maybe find his replacement? Because I'll tell you right now, if LeJarrius Steen is not on this roster next year and he is traded, that puts cornerback up on their list of, of needs and things that need to be addressed immediately. Because as much as I know people like what Jalen Watson and Josh Williams did, he, those guys are not getting the job done in, with Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie is not a guy, again, that will stay on the outside. And if it's him in the spot with Williams and Watson on the outside, that makes me quite uneasy, to be very honest with you. So it puts the need for corner up on there, which pretty high. So my percentage right now is that I think he's 60-40, that he's on the team rather than traded. But that percentage goes down um, from 60% the closer we get to uh, free agency. I would also be fairly surprised if he played on the franchise tag. Uh, for yeah, him, for him, it makes zero sense. I mean, he's 27, which is already old for a cornerback, which ages differently than, a again, like a Chris yeah. Jones or an offensive lineman. 27 for a cornerback. You're starting to get to the uh, oblique uh, Namdi Asama fell off the face of the earth kind of age for a corner. <laughs> um, so for him and a guy who had a knee injury that he dealt with, but still play through, so give the dude a ton of credit, but still, again, you shouldn't have um, fire alarms going off, but like the smoke alarm, you know when it's beeping and it's very annoying, like that's what I feel like should be going off in your head right now, going, okay, do we want, again, maybe not this year, but if it's a three or four year contract and you're paying for year 30 and year 31 of him, yeah, he played safety in college, and yeah, you would like to think he could transition seamlessly back to safety. It's still at least slightly concerning. Um, I just don't see him on the franchise tag. I have no idea if he's back or not, but I feel like if I could give you a guarantee, it's that he's not playing on said franchise tag. Um, when it comes to Dave Merritt, the news was that uh, from Mike Garofalo said the 49ers are interviewing defensive backs coach David Merritt for the defensive coordinator position, according to sources. Um, would that change the decision at all if Dave Merritt were to go to San Fran? Does that make you almost want to bring back LeJarrius Sneed anymore because he has shown that he can develop almost anyone into a viable corner and it makes you a little bit more worried if you don't have that safety net of a coach back there? A little bit, but I think at the end of the day, Steve Spagnuolo, who was a DB coach himself, has just as much of a say in development as Dave Merritt. Now, I'm not trying to discredit anything Dave Merritt does. I said on the Monday Q&A show, do not be surprised when he starts getting calls for defensive coordinator jobs. It's, it's long past due for him, in my opinion. So th- seeing this happen today, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And just so you guys know, you think that the Chiefs cornerbacks did a pretty good job against the San Francisco 49ers if they're out calling Dave Merritt to come over and coach for them after what they did? <laughs> so that, that shows you that they're doing it the right way. Um, so, I would again, I don't want to see LeJarrius needed not in Kansas City next year, period, with or without Dave Merritt. And I'm glad that he's finally getting the recognition that he deserves because they have been 
developing, even guys that aren't great, they've been doing well in this system no matter what. Like, they've been able to really get progression. You know, Jarius Ward, who is in San Francisco right now, played for Dave Merritt. So this is a whole, like, this encapsulates what he's done and the deservingness of this, this what, what he should be um, in the NFL. So I would like to see him back regardless. But if, he, if you know, if, if Merritt's not here, I, I still think that Steve Spagnuolo has enough say and enough in the pipeline to still de- develop these corners at a high rate. Uh, Daniel Harms, film analyst to RGR Football, is our guest. Going back to the combine right here, obviously even if Chris Jones does come back to play in Kansas City, uh, the defensive tackle cupboard is very, very bare. Only Neil Farrell is currently under contract. You have a couple of future <laughs> deals with Christensen as well as Isaiah Bugs. But as far as actual uh, NFL contract, it's, it's, it's just that guy. Uh, It's Neil Farrell, and we saw his immense amount of playing time last year, so that should give everyone a lot of confidence. Um, I I think even if Chris Jones comes back, you're looking at a highly uh, a high investment at defensive tackle. Obviously, I think Sweat and Murphy from Texas are two guys that I have my eye on. Do you have your eye on uh, a couple guys there, and what do you think the Chiefs do at defensive tackle specifically? Yeah, so I would love... Byron Murphy, he's probably going top 15. So I, I don't uh, – I, I wish it would happen, but I don't see that as a possibility. I also think that Sweat needs to come in a little bit lighter than he did last year. Um, I was talking with my, my, my co-host on the Cover 1 Draft Weekly show, John Helmkamp, about how, you know, Sweat, Sweat looked really good last year in the first half of games. But it was clear he was gassed in the second half of football games. And that difference-making athletic ability that he has, it goes away when you don't have the ability to just give all you got. So I'd like to see him at a little bit lighter weight. So we'll see what he he weighs in at because he did not weigh in at the Senior Bowl. So we'll get a real good idea of what, what he feels like his playing weight might be um, if he measures in here at the uh, – when he measures here at the Combine. But – a couple of guys that aren't the top of, of, of this class, two guys, one out of Florida State, Braden Fisk, I think is a fantastic kind of effort player, can penetrate gaps, things that we see she's kind of prioritized, something that Chris Jones does. I don't think he's the strongest guy in the world. We'll see what he, you know, he, he ends up doing here at the, at the Combine, but he's got an explosive first step. His pass rush repertoire is very good. He has swim moves. He's got the, the rip ability. He can set up his penetration with outside step, inside step, and then go back the other way. Quick twitch between the, the center and guard. So he's a guy that I've got my eye on a late second, early third round pick, probably more in the third round. But the other guy that I've really, really become enamored with is Michael Hall out of Ohio State. Extremely strong player. There's a lot of strong defensive tackles where where their, their pass rush acumen isn't quite there, and he's still his pass rush plan isn't all the way developed. But he has a swim move. He has a rip, and he has the ability to really long-arm players with his bull rush. He's very strong. His lower half is extremely explosive. He gets into centers and, and guards and just bullies them back into the quarterback. He didn't have the ball pro- or the sack production, the tackle production this past year, but two years ago he had, a, he had about seven and a half sacks, of a, uh, four and a half sacks, if I'm not mistaken, which is good for a defense tackle who was a backup, by the way. He wasn't even a starter at Ohio State. He's coming out. So he's the guy I've got my eye on. He's listed at 6'3", 290 pounds. Mm-hmm. So 
that's the type, a prototype of defensive tackle that I like to see in Kansas City, the ability to have that strength to stop the run, but also a, an explosive first step that can really allow him to be a pass rush next to Chris Jones, assuming he's in Kansas City. So uh, there's always the possibility that they bring back a guy like Tershawn Wharton, who played very well in the Super Bowl. Um, honestly, Mike Pinnell. Yeah, he baby. On the practice practice squad until like you know week seventeen or sixteen seventeen, <laughs> and get get a few reps in. Please do. I also think Isaiah Bugs is going to be um, on the active roster next year, so I think he's yeah. going to be taking one of those as well. But those are a couple guys I'm going to have my eye on this week for sure. Yeah, I'm actually fairly. I think I'm higher on Isaiah Bugs than most. Again, that doesn't mean that I think, oh yeah, Chiefs are fine. But but I yeah, I, I, I do sure. think. I do think Isaiah Bugs is going to get some actual PT next year, and you're right with Mike Pinnell. Um, I could totally see that being a little bit of a stash. He's not wanting to go to St. Joe. He's not wanting to do OTAs and training camp. <laughs> and let's be real now. He's, he's proven he can roll off his couch a few weeks before they need him in the, in the playoffs, and he'll just step up and dominate Trent Williams. Uh, so just keep, keep him fresh, baby. Keep, keep his number close. Keep your phone ready and uh, stay somewhat <laughs> in shape. Because, uh, yeah, I'd love to see Mike Pinnell back. Just, just, just playoff run only. Playoff Pinnell is a uh, legitimate thing here. Uh, Before I let you go here, obviously I know that, for example, wide receiver is deep this year. I know tight end is weak. But overall, where are the positions of strength in this draft, and where are the positions that are a little bit uh, uh, less depth-wise this year? It's almost like exactly how you would would expect it to be. It's really deep at tackle. This could could be the best year of tackles that we've seen in a very long time. Like, it, we could see seven, eight tackles go in the first round. I wouldn't bat an eye at it. They're that good. They're that deep. And it goes into day two as well. So, tackle is strong. We know, obviously, wide receiver. I, I think the quarterback class is good. Chiefs don't have to worry about that. But in terms of the strength of it, I think it's a, it's a very good quarterback class. And corner is, is very deep as well. I think I, I don't think anyone goes in the top ten, but that's because wide receiver – quarterback and tackle is so good. We might not even see a defensive player go in the top 10. That's how good these offensive players are. But I think you could see four to five corners go from pick 11 all the way down to 32. So I think corners are very good class as well. On the opposite side, running back is very down. It wouldn't shock me to see until day, uh, honestly, until round three for a running back to get drafted. There's still a lot of very good players, but we're seeing how the NFL is going with running back specifically, how it's being more, committee not everyone has these workhorse backs anymore the nfl draft is starting to reflect that this year specifically with a couple of the top names going back to college it really took the the tops the top off of it so running back is down linebacker as well it's not as great and and safety there are some good players but there's nobody that i think is going to go in the first round so running back linebacker and safety all probably have nobody that goes in the first round this year. Daniel Harms, film analyst for RGR Football. I Hopefully we helped you out, made your drive a little more fun as you're uh-huh. heading to the Combine in Indy. Absolutely. You know, I was yawning a little bit before we got on the phone call, but now I'm juiced up. I'm ready to go. Like I love getting to talk about football, obviously Chiefs and draft stuff like that. So it always gives me a boost of energy. So I appreciate you for that. Well, uh, I do what I can, Harms. Make sure everyone else follows <laughs> Harms on Twitter at InHarmsWay19. We'll talk very, very soon and get your, your recap thoughts next time on the Combine. Harms, drive safe. Thanks, man. Have a great night. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back home stretch. Sports Radio 810 WHB.
Thank you again to Daniel Harms as he's heading to the Combine. We'll be talking with Matt Derrick at 8 o'clock as he's heading back from the Combine. All right, Kyle. It's a little fun right now. Everyone want to have some fun? Always. Everyone wants to have fun. And everyone wants to rule the world. That That's also, you know, that's a, the second thing. Uh, all right, let's talk about free agent wide receivers, okay? Free agent wide receivers, because I'm going to give a little list down to people who might not know all of the names. I won't go through every single name, because quite frankly, how many people care about Trent Taylor, um, Jalen Rieger, Keith Kirkwood? Like, I'm not going to go through all the names, but I'll go through some names that I find interesting. And Kyle? I would love for you to give me your thoughts. A little, little quick synopsis if you think the Chiefs should be in or out on said guy, okay? Mike Evans. Man, starting off strong. Yeah, baby. Of course I'm interested in Mike Evans. I'm not sure that the Chiefs are. I know the salary cap did rise, and a lot of Chiefs fans are now clamoring that, hey, uh, Snead and Jones, now we can keep them both. Mike Evans is now on the table. I would love to see it. I just don't think it's a swing that the Chiefs need to make right now. And he's over 30. I always find this interesting. Everyone loves bringing up, oh, the salary cap rose. Kansas City can do this. It rose for every other team. It didn't just rise for Kansas City. I I feel like we're leaving out a very important detail here. Because now other teams can bid more for these guys, right? Teams like the Bears, like the Commanders, like, for example, a team like the Texans, who, by the way, have a quarterback on a rookie deal, two of their best wide receivers on a rookie deal, Nico Collins and Tank Dell, and their best defensive player on a rookie deal, Will Anderson. I guess Derek Stingley still is, too, technically. Probably right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just sitting here going, they got a lot of money to work with, and they think that they're one step away, probably, because look how far they went last year. You think they couldn't overpay for Chris Jones? They couldn't overpay for Legereus Sneed or overpay for one of these superstars? You bet your ass they can. And they can afford to do it because they have all these guys on rookie contracts. Yeah, a young team like that, young weapons, bring in a soon-to-be, or a, not soon-to-be, I'll, I'll call him a future, you know, a Hall of Fame member in, in Mike Evans. Yeah. That, yeah. They can do what they want. So I think that everyone's so caught up in the seller cap rising for Kansas City, we've not realized that it rose for literally everyone else. You might see a pretty large increase in salaries. I would not be surprised there. Uh, Mike, Av- uh, Mike Evans' spot track calculated market value is an AAV of $23.8 million, which breaks down to a market value of four-year, just over $95 mil. That is fairly hefty. Yeah, yeah. Um, another name kind of intriguing, Odell Beckham Jr., I'm out. I, I didn't see anything that he can really provide the Chiefs that they can't find in the draft. Yeah. So, uh, especially at the price tag he was at last year, what was it, at least 15 he'll, guaranteed? He'll, he'll be less than that. He'll be way less. Yeah. It should be. I still don't think it's 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 an aging wide receiver. Yep. And the name means more than the, than the production right he, now. He had similar output to, honestly, DJ Chark. He played way fewer snaps, but only one less game than DJ Shark with very similar production. Um, again, I think Odell Beckham Jr. is fine on a very, very, very cheap deal, but I don't know what his market's going to I have zero idea what to even expect Odell Beckham yeah. Jr.'s yeah. What, What's he going to even play for? Is he going to even retire before he takes a one-year, $4 million deal? Yeah. Who knows? Um, I will just throw the caveat out there that I will never not be enamored by OBJ. I will never not find a way to talk myself into saying, he could be 43. Everyone else I'm calling old when they hit 29, but for some reason OBJ, I'm like, 
Yeah, but remember that catch he made? Yeah. He still got hands though, right? That's that, that's that uh, Alberto Mondesi effect. It's the Mondesi it? yeah, thing. And, and, and now my new guy, Drew Waters. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I think, is very intriguing from Washington. He had a very down year this year. Not great when you're entering your, obviously, your uh, contract year. I'm a massive fan of Curtis Samuel. Yeah, uh, he is a weapon that he can kind of do it all. He can go, go from the backfield or, mm-hmm. or the slot. Intriguing weapon uh, that I... Yeah, I'm interested in that. I know availability has been his uh, his Achilles heel. Yes. His market value is listed at basically what MVS got originally from Kansas City as a three-year, $34 million contract at 11.5 AAV. I think Curtis Samuel's intriguing. Tyler Boyd obviously is up uh, as a free agent. I think Tyler Boyd's intriguing. Kendrick Bourne, the name that uh, Daniel Harms brought up. Um, just some other names I think people might realize. Cedric Wilson from Miami. Um, Josh Reynolds, I think, has been getting his name thrown around a little bit for what he did with the Lions last year. Calvin Ridley's actually a free agent, by the way. Calvin Ridley's a free and that's going to be an intriguing one. He's a lot older than I think. He's 29. He, he is only uh, a year younger than Mike Evans. Jim, just one guy just perpetually puts up numbers while one guy has been in and out. Uh, Hollywood Brown is a free agent. Uh, I know that's been a popular name, a name that I personally would try and stay away from. A couple more names to get to before we take a break and bring on um, Matt Derrick. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he's 31, but he had been good in the past, but he really fell off a cliff last year. A couple more names. There was a... Byron Pringle, baby! (laughs) Wow. Gabe Davis is obviously a free agent. That was a name that a lot of folks were talking about. Uh, No thank you. Darnell Mooney is another name that folks had been talking about. Rashid Shahid for New Orleans, I think, actually might be a fairly intriguing name. I like that one. He's young, 25, 719 yards last year, five touchdowns with the rotation at quarterback that was Mm -hmm. Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, slash Taysom Hill. He is a boom or bust type of of weapon. I mean, throw it deep. That guy will run it down. If you want a deep ball threat, there you go. By the way, sorry everyone, Demarcus Robinson has re-signed with the Rams. I know. Well, he should have waited. They just released (laughs) MVS. He could have got his number back. He should have waited. We'll take a break. Come back. We're joined by Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. Welcome back to the Home Stretch Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sterling Holmes joined now by Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. Matt, how are you? I am okay, Sterling. I told you I thought I would be driving through Columbia right about now, but due to uh, apparently a little little highway backup, I'm not quite there yet. Oh, bummer, dude. Are, are you driving? Or are you stuck in just bumper-to-bumper right now? We are moving. It was bumper-to-bumper bumper there for a moment, but uh, we are moving. But I was getting through it by, you know, just going through some power ballads. Oh, good. What, what were you crushing, dude? Play, well, play Cinderella, I'm assuming. You know what? Cinderella was on the on the playlist. Um, but this was a playlist. It was not my playlist. I, I, I imported it from someone else. And I need to ask your question. Yeah. Because... Um, Toto, Africa. Is that a power battle? No, no, that's Yacht Rock. Ooh. I mean, I mean, it's a great song. 
But I just wouldn't put it on a power ballot list. But it was on there. Yeah. Like, no. No. By the way, Rosanna and Hold the Line are much better Toto songs, okay? Like, like don't, don't, don't get me going about Africa compared to those two absolute bangers from the band Toto. But Africa, come on now, that's not even close to a power ballad. I wouldn't think so, although Rosanna was also on the list. And I, and I did listen to Rosanna because that was, when I was like 12 years old, it was like one of my favorite songs. Yeah, as every 12-year-old should have that as their favorite song. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are you sure it's not because of the traffic in Columbia that everyone, I know it's the games in Florida, but watching Mizzou lose uh, yet another college basketball game and move to 0-15, are you sure that wasn't why everyone just partying down there in Como? Oh, did they lose again tonight? Oh, yeah, but only by nine. Only oh, by nine, though, to Florida. Come on. Oh, please tell me we at least had a lead in the first 15 minutes of the game. Ooh, they were down nine at half, so I don't know about that. Uh, they only got please. outscored by two in the second half, though, Matt, so the, some positivity. Oh, there's a 15-minute stretch of every game where that team looks like it knows what it's doing. It doesn't last. Yeah, you're right. 15 minutes is about all you get. Sean East had 20. There you go. There you go. Man. I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of like the Chiefs, just uh, too, too many drops. <laughs> no hands. No hands on that team. All right, let, let, let's talk Chiefs to make us feel better, uh, although this might not make uh, – the Chiefs organization, maybe the Hunts feel any better, as the uh, survey came out. Basically, the grading system of all 32 teams, the Chiefs come in 31st, even with them having Andy Reid coming in as the number one ranked head coach in the NFL. This survey is done by players, more than 1,700 players around the NFL. That is up from 1,300 last year participated in the survey. Uh, The survey took place between August and November. Uh, I will also point out, according to J.J. Watt, just to try and give this this thing a little bit more credence, J.J. Watt said in meetings when they hand out voting sheets, the two taken most seriously that he has seen has been team captains and then the NFLPA ownership facility facility report card so apparently a lot of players take this very seriously what was your initial reaction when this came out um pretty much the same as last year because last year was the you know the first year that they had done done it like this you know and nflpa kind of originally intended it to be kind of a three agent guide you know that let teams kind of know what they were walking into when they go to other teams and you know and last year the Chiefs were 29th in this survey and this year they were 31st and like you said, that's even a little bit surprising considering that they added the category for a head coach, and the Chiefs were number one in that category, got an A in that one. Um, but they had too many C's, D's, F's, and an F minus in the others. Um, and, you know, I mean, you do have to look at it to really understand it and figure out, you know, what the players are saying. Because, you know, I mean, some people just hear, you know, top line results that are thinking, okay, well, this is maybe just a bunch of whining or. You know, the, maybe the, the, the facts don't back it up. Um, you know, I, I heard a lot of it because the, because the Chiefs did so poorly, for instance, in the, the training category. Uh, it's not that, you know, for the most part, the survey results say that the Chiefs have bad trainers. That's not, the, that's not what they're saying. They just don't have enough. You know, they don't have enough physical therapists. And, you know, and one of the things I was told today that I, I think that, you know, Chiefs fans would probably be pretty annoyed at hearing about is that players – you know, out of Kansas City, have a lot of complaints about not getting pre prehab, not getting pre therapy, and that's you know players who aren't injured. They're not on the injury report, but they go to the training staff and say, "Hey, my hamstrings a little tight. You know, calf a little tight. I need some treatment." 
and they're like, well, if you're not hurt, you know, you're not, you're not on the list. So, you know, but that comes back to, once again, not having enough staff, not having enough resources, you know, not putting enough money into the rooms. And, um, you know, question's going to be if it, if it motivates anything. I mean, the NFLPA has said that they've seen some changes after last year's survey. They've seen some teams respond. Um, obviously, Chiefs didn't respond a ton. Now, they did, I think, in some areas because, you know, one area that they improved significantly was travel. And that was something that, you know, you know, I was told that one of the, one of the things that the players complained about last year was that they, you know, there weren't any, uh, and there weren't very many, um, first class seats, especially for the bigger players. So, you know, you had defensive linemen and offensive linemen, you know, the big guys, um, sitting in, you know, coach <laughs> back of the plane. And, and they've changed that. I mean, and part of it was the, the team said it was COVID that they'd gotten away from using some of the bigger, you know, the planes and everything, and they were using different planes, and that was why they didn't have as many first-class seats. They changed that, and you know, and if you saw what the Chiefs took to Germany, I mean, that was like the nicest jet on the planet. So they actually did a lot better in that one question this year than they did last year, but they're still falling down short when it comes to you know having a good training room, having a good weight room, having you know, and they had a change in strength and conditioning coaches this year, so their their grade changed a lot in that category. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's legitimacy there, and it's not just to me a bunch of whining. I mean, if you look at the individual results, I think you'll see, you know, that the players have some legitimate gripes. And you know, honestly, they probably have gripes around the league because uh, my last little pontification about this, there's probably a hundred colleges with a better weight room than any team in the NFL. But but but, mean, but 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 Matt, that, that, that's used the, to the great. They're used to that stuff. That that's the one pushback I'll have is as far as because the colleges have to, like colleges have to because they get a lot of just a lot of money in general to to try and upkeep this. Right, they're getting paid to to bring in these guys, and you have to have the best of the best to bring in these guys. Because if Georgia has a better weight room than Alabama or than LSU, what happens? They're going to Georgia. Well, if all of a sudden LSU has a better weight room than those guys, well, then maybe they're getting swayed to LSU. Like for them, they have to in college. That's the one that I give a little bit of pushback is is the weight room situation. But the one that I I feel like is inexcusable and. You mentioned it. It's not having enough trainers for the prehab, if you will. I looked this up on Indeed.com, so take this as you will. I tried finding how much... Kyle, my producer, is laughing his ass off back there. That I'm doing some investigative research on Indeed.com. Uh, how much does an NFL trainer make? And according to a survey conducted by the National Athletic Trainers Association, NFL trainers... Um, have the highest earning potential of all subsets, blah, blah, blah. 2018 survey found that trainers earning in the 25th percentile of the NFL trainers earn 55000 per year, with those in the 75th percentile earning 257000 per year. So this is five years ago. But also I'm sitting here going, if you can bring in a guy for 125 k you can bring in an extra trainer, how the hell don't you do this? You have million-dollar, multi-million-dollar athletes littered around your organization. That's the product. That's who you're trying to keep healthy and get right. It costs way more for them to get injured, and all of a sudden, now you don't know what to do. Why don't you bring in a couple guys for 100 k and let them work on them? I don't understand this. This, to me, is inexcusable. Uh, I mean, you're, not, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I mean, why you wouldn't pay top dollar to make sure that you've got uh, you know everybody taken care of and... Think about this, too. I mean, you talk about that salary. I mean, if you see what the athletic trainers have to do, it is one of the most grueling jobs you're ever going to see. 
because they they probably run more than the players some some of the players do, especially some of the players. Because I know some of the, the trainers absolutely run more than the specialists for sure. And, <laughs> and they're just running a dead sprint on the field at, at practices. You know, and the trainers, you know, for the most part, especially and especially the therapists and the you know people who do the rehab and the work and everything. Those 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 trainers, those men and women. I mean, they work seven days a week during the season, and we're not talking, you know, part days or anything. Those are 12, 14-hour days and long road trips, too. And, you know, you say making 55000 that's good money. Well, I mean, is it? Cause, and they're working to make sure that $45, 50000000 million investment in Patrick Mahomes pays off. I mean, I think they might need to pay him a little more. Yeah, again, that's that, that was the twenty fifth percentile of NFL trainers from twenty eighteen. That was the that was the most up to date I could find. Uh, again, that that was my investigative research. Again, my name is Sterling Holmes, very close to Sherlock Holmes, so I figured I could find better info. But that's all I got. Well, I'll give you one more pushback though, because you talk about the facilities and the colleges. You know what? The same differentiation could be made in the NFL because mm. you know every team's got the same salary cap. Everything's got the there's no cap on facilities, man. You know what? I mean, every team can can pay the same player fifteen million dollars a year. But if one team has a gym that looks like a rundown YMCA, and the other one has something that looks like it just came out of the Alabama Crimson Tide, <laughs> if I'm a player, where do I want to go play? Yeah. I want to go play at the place that has a better facility. So why aren't these teams putting more money into it? Is fascinating to me because that that absolutely would be a differentiator. But it's almost like a collusion. That they, it's almost like all the teams say, "Hey, as long as we don't all don't put money into our facilities, none of us have to put money into our facilities." Sure. And for folks asking, like for example, let's just say they revamped the um, locker rooms at Arrowhead. Well, you're only playing ten home games a year. You know, you have the eight or nine of the regular season in the playoffs, right? But they're at the train facility nearly every single day. They're at the practice facility almost every single day. That's what they want to see redone. And I know you probably saw that as far as they couldn't get it done last year because of they went too far in the playoffs. I don't understand how that's an excuse. Sorry, you guys did too good. So because of that, we're not going to update it. Yeah, you, you did too well. You know, you ran, you went too deep in the playoffs, which meant that you probably sold too many tickets and sold too many jerseys, and therefore we couldn't afford the, you know, the overtime to maybe get that work done in, you know, between February 14th and July. Well, and they don't even report back to Kansas City until, you know, that's the first game until August. So July, February 15th to August 1st, couldn't get the, couldn't get the renovations done and <laughs> couldn't pay for like three weeks of overtime. Yeah. yeah, it's a little it's a little sus if you ask me. Uh, Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest is our guest. Before we move on, final question here. Um, obviously, ownership came in at an F minus. I just find this fascinating because it seems like everyone likes the hunts and the ownership. Like, we always seem that this organization has run very, very well, very smoothly. A lot of former players always have glowing remarks to say about the team and the ownership and just everything in general. So when this comes out, I understand the thought process of you're not going to tell your boss, well, they're your boss, that you don't dig them, right? You're trying to give them a little bit of, oh, yeah, man, everything's great. And then maybe behind their back or let's just say when you retire. But we're talking about retired players who a lot of times talk about how great the organization is. It feels like family, all this stuff. And then you hear these reports where, again, an F-minus last in the NFL, according to ownership. Where's the disconnect here? Yeah, I mean, well, one for sure is that you have to realize that the ownership rating was literally based on one question. And that one question is was asking about 
you know, the players and their how they would judge the ownership's willingness to put resources and money into the facilities. And it was literally the only question on ownership. Mm. And, you know, and had the Chiefs not been in the situation that you just mentioned, like, you know, hey, they were promised a new locker room and then they didn't get one and all they got were new chairs, might have come out a little differently. And I, I'll push back because I saw a headline from a, a local news organization that I won't throw under the bus, but they said that, you know, the Chiefs were, were ranked one of the worst organizations in the NFL. No, I mean, that's not what this survey was measuring. This survey was just merely measuring you know, the facilities that these teams have. It's not measuring how they treat the players. Uh, I mean, it, it, there is, like, treatment of families in there, but even that is, you know, really just like daycare and, you know, whether or not they, you know, how they have daycare during the week and on game days. I mean, that's literally the only questions that are in there. It's not, you know, whether they, you know, have, what kind of benefits they offer or what they do for families outside of that or how they treat their employees or anything of that nature even the coach you know rating is really just based mostly on you know whether the coach listens to the players whether he's willing to you know listen to the locker room you know that, those kind of things I mean, so they're very specific metrics it's not like they're measuring the entire organization so i think you you have to look at what these categories actually are what it covers and see that there's a reason why the chiefs can win but still come out very poorly in the survey. Sure. So you're saying take some of this with a grain of salt is what you're you're, you're trying well, to... And I mean, and I'll throw one more thing out there. We can move on. <laughs> but one of the things that's been consistent in that survey from both last year and this year is that players in the Kansas City locker room feel that there's a tiered system when it comes to rehab mm. and that not everybody has the same rehab plan and not everybody has the same treatment plan and not everybody has the same diet diet plan and i think that even you know and some of it makes sense but at the same time when players see that when they see and they know that patrick mahomes gets a, you know a trainer to you know work on him almost every single day and not stop around the clock to make sure he can play yeah i mean you make sense because patrick mahomes is the franchise yeah but if i'm another player and i'm like hey i got a sore hamstring here and i'd be told nope no, no room for therapy for you today i'm gonna be ticked off so we need a Rudy situation to happen. <laughs> well, you know, and and the funny thing is, is that you know, because I had someone, I was talking to someone earlier today um, that was you know saying, well, you know, one of the complaints that the Chiefs players used to have was that there there weren't enough uh, cold tubs and hot tubs in the locker room, and they put new ones in about four or five years ago. That's like one of the only areas that the Chiefs did really well in the survey. <laughs> well, that was one of the questions that they were like in the better, they were like in the top ten, I think, in the league in that category. Well, I want a hot tub, so if they want to put a hot tub in my house, I, I would, I would give them an A plus. I don't care about anything else. I don't need it's anything like 82% else. Two percent of the team, I think, says they have enough hot tubs and cold tubs. <laughs> well, that's all that matters, right? I mean, for me, that 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 would sway me, Matt. Uh, Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest is our guest as he's driving back from the combine in Indy. Um, you were there for a couple days. What was your big takeaway? Um, you know, quite a few because it was a busy couple of days. It felt like like there was four days of news jammed into the last couple yeah. of days. Um, but I I think that you know just parsing between the lines with with Andy Reid and Brett Beach. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold with this team as far as you know retaining their own free agents and how busy they are going to be um, with even going after some external free agents. There there hasn't really been a lot of buzz about anything other than. 
Legereus Sneed and, and Chris Jones. And, you know, if the Chiefs are able to keep them both, that makes sense because there's not going to be a room for much else if they keep both Sneed and Jones. Now, in the last 24 hours, I think you would say that it's sounding more and more like maybe the Chiefs have a better chance of keeping Chris Jones and less of a chance of keeping Legereus Sneed. And if that's the case, hey, Chris Jones would take a lot of cap room, but there'd still be room for some other things. But, you know, one of the things that Brett, Brett Veach, you know, said to us in our conversation with him yesterday uh, off the podium, um, that, you know, maybe not everybody has heard, but, you know, he, he said that, really kind of glossed over a little bit about free agency, you know, and mm-hmm. said that, hey, really the top priority is, you know, retaining the, the key free agents of their own that they want to keep. And then, you know, after the draft, then you kind of look, they'll, they'll step back and sit back and kind of look and see what's out there. Uh, I mean, certainly kind of prepping you for maybe looking into those waves of free agency down the line of looking for the bargains, looking for the guys who maybe got overlooked, you know, certainly the Drew Tranquils, the Mike Edwards, the Donovan Smiths. I mean, those might be where the Chiefs are really mining free agency. Not to say that there's somebody that they won't go out and grab, you know, the first 24 to 48 hours, but um, I just haven't heard anything that really suggests to me that that's where Brett Beach is going to be planning on shopping. I mean, he, he, it seems like he's going to be looking at the later waves of free agency. And that might be especially true now that everybody's got a lot more money to spend than they were expecting. Yeah, and I, I've kind of gone with that new mantra of it feels like everyone just thinks the Chiefs got a lot more money to spend. No, the entire NFL did, which right. means more more of these teams who are trying to compete, who might think they're one spot away, might overpay for some of these elite guys, which makes the Chiefs... Um, it might make it even harder for them to get some of these top-end wide receivers that I think a lot of fans are clamoring for. In regards to Legereus Sneed, give, give me a percent here. Percent he's back, percent he's gone. Um, I'm probably down to percentage gone about, I, I would say 40, but I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to tweak it down to like 38%. Mm, precise. I mean, I just feel maybe a little bit less confident than I did a few hours ago. So, and I don't, I don't really know. I mean, what the Chiefs are, what their plan is here. I mean, part of part of me thinks that, especially from hearing what people around the league think that Legarius might get and what his value is, both as a as a you know just in currency and as a trade possibility. I mean, I don't think – I would be worried if you're on the Chiefs that if you have to trade him that you're not going to get the value that I think fans would hope for. Um, what, what, you know, what do you think it is? I mean, you certainly – you look at the market because, remember, I mean, we're only a year away from a 28-year-old Jalen Ramsey yep. going from the Rams to the Dolphins for a third-round pick. And you ask most – people around the league, who's the better corner, a 28-year-old Jalen Ramsey or a 27-year-old Jarius Sneed, they're going to pick Ramsey. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think that's the, still the perception around the league. Legarius is still really overlooked, I think, and there's obviously, hey, there's concerns about his knee, and so anything that gets done with him, medicals are going to be a huge part of that, and making sure that they're comfortable with it. Um, but, you know, the the trade value for a corner just isn't what I think a lot of people believe it should be. And I, there may be just a disconnect also in how much Legarius thinks that he's worth on the open market. I mean, mm. that might be a reason why the Chiefs are letting him shop, because if it comes back that 
maybe there's not a team out there offering him as, as much as the Chiefs. You know, Jerry's might come back and say, hey, you know what? You, know, you guys had a pretty good deal. Let's take it. Um, then again, there might be somebody that blows him away, and he's like, that's just too good for me to turn down. And, and the Chiefs move on like they did with Tyreek, and they just try to get the most that they can. But that would be my concern is that if you think you're going to get a Tyreek kind of haul for LeJerry Sneed, I just don't see it coming. Yeah, I was uh, hoping for a second, more likely a late second. That was kind of my uh, thought process. But uh, that was a very nice rebuttal kind of the Jalen Ramsey for a third. I mean, I I don't know how you argue that again. Uh, one year older, but Jalen Ramsey was still a very, very good and, and kind of regarded as maybe the best cornerback in football still at that time. Um, that's a good comp right there. Uh, as far as what his value would be contract-wise, do you have any numbers that you think are realistic for him? You know, I mean, that was that's kind of thing that the numbers that you were hearing at the combine that people around the league thought that Legarius might get, you know, hey, three years, forty-five guaranteed, forty-five to fifty, might be a really good deal. Um, now that pales in comparison to like you know Denzel Ward that you know with Cleveland got the big deal and that was like four for seventy-two with practical guarantees. Uh, that's a big disconnect. Now. Why is that? Well, Denzel Ward was 24. LeJarius is 27. I mean, that's one of the things that's working against him. And, and that's why I just don't know if he's going to be able to get the, 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 the value that he thinks he can get because teams are, are going to exactly think that. They're going to say, hey, wait a minute. You know, we're not buying 24, 25, 26, 27. We're buying 27, 28, 29, 30. And yeah. those, are, those are four entirely different years for a corner. Um, I mean, I haven't heard what the Chiefs are offering. I wouldn't be surprised if they were in that ballpark as far as an offer goes, because that's what the league, I think, consensus is. But you only, we know it's Sterling. You only need one team to mm. go nuts. And you get one team that says, hey, wait a minute, we think LeJarrius needs worth $20 million a year, and here's $60 million guaranteed. That's all it takes to get a deal done. Yeah, Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest is our guest. Chris Jones now. Uh, confidence level of, of him getting a long-term deal done with Kansas City. I, I feel like, for me, she, Chiefs need Chris Jones. Legereus uh, Sneed is a want to me. I think the Chiefs need Chris Jones. W- where do you think the Chiefs lie in regards to bringing him back long-term? Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, and I think you, you've made it excellently. I mean, I, I do think that that's probably the difference between the two players. I mean, I'm not saying that either one of them is replaceable, but, you know, you take Legereus Sneed out and you look at how the Chiefs could revamp that corner lineup, and it's not as good, but you still feel okay. You take Chris Jones out of that defensive line, <laughs> and, you've, I mean, you've got some serious concerns and questions. It goes from so, ACDC to the band Crocus real quick. Yeah. Now, I think so. three people maybe have understood that <laughs> reference. I don't even know if Matt Derrick is one of those folks, but those three people I'm, right I'm now. I'm familiar with Crocus. I, can't, I could not remember. I could not name you a song of theirs, but I do remember the band. So. Screaming in the Night. Uh, there you long go. Stick Goes Boom. They had an entire album where they basically just try to rip off of ACDC. It's hilarious. Long Stick Goes Boom's on that album. Everyone listening right now, sorry I'm off topic. This is what I do. Briscoe is 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 leaving 810, so someone has to take up the randomness. So I, I will bear that cross. Crocus, Long Stick Go Boom, listen to it and tell me that's not ACDC cover band. I will. I will as soon as we're off the line, I'm going to go hit it. 
All right, so back to Chris Jones, actual Chiefs talk. Um, so, yes, where, where, where do you land on if he's back or not? I mean, I, I'm going to go I, – I almost want to be bullish and say like 60, but I'm, I'm going to have to back it down from there. I'm going to go like 52%. I mean, I think it's, I think it's better than the 50-50, but not much better. Uh, I mean, I think a part, big part of it's just going to be how much you know Chris is involved in his own negotiation. Um, if he's if he's really active and, and, and gets in a room with with Brett Veach and his agents, I think there's a really good chance the deal gets done. Um, you know, I think that that's how things got done last year. You know, once Chris kind of got into the room with Brett Veach after Week One and that loss to the Lions, you know, a deal got done really really fast. If I think if Chris is involved and you know, and, and he gets what he wants. I mean, you know, I think it's a, that's a hard decision. I mean, I don't begrudge a player, especially in Chris's spot, because this is probably his last opportunity to get a big deal. And if, if the Chiefs, I mean, obviously they weren't willing to go to the mattresses last year for him. They weren't willing to pay him what, what he wanted on a long-term deal. So questions, how far apart were they? I mean, if they're $5 million apart per year on a – four-year deal with $20 million. I don't know if I'd walk away for $20 million. <laughs> so. I, I always say, Matt, even like $2 million, even, even if we're talking about a single season, $2 million, I know these guys are getting paid a lot of money. Have you ever seen a $2 million house? I have. Yeah, yeah. just, just imagine that saying, you know what? No, I don't want that. Like, yeah, that's very hard. I, I think you have to put it into things that people can try and, and, uh, and realize how much this money we're talking about is that they're leaving on the table. Like, imagine $20 million. Have you seen a $20 million home? I don't think I have. <laughs> like, like, I'm just sitting here going, it's easy for us to say, but dang, in the moment, I don't know if I could do it. If someone just showed me like a, like, here, Sterling, this is what you could have. Now look at this over here. This is what you're missing out on. Like, I would be swayed so easily. Well, but, you know, I mean, once again, I mean, hey, everybody's different. And, hey, maybe maybe you want to have a $2 million house for yourself and you want a $2 million house for mom and your kids are going to need $2 million houses and you want to make sure your grandkids have $2 million houses. Well, you can't do that, you know, on, on, on Trump change, Trip Sterling. You're going, to have, you're going to have to need $32 million a year to get that. I, I don't want to leave one of, one of my great-great-grandkids out. One of them is going to feel left out. I mean, and I, and I, hey, I, I, everybody has different priorities. And, you know, and Chris really hasn't come out and said flat out, you know, what he wants. But I, I think from, from covering him over the years, I can, I can definitely say, I mean, Chris Jones loves to win. So even though he's just like any player, too, that, you know, money is respect. Money is a measuring stick to see how you stack up against the competition. Mm. And he's got that, too. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has got it. I mean, he wants. He doesn't mind having the biggest contract in the league because that tells him that he's the best and he's winning. Yeah, Chris Jones wants that too. I mean, so and players do see that as a line of respect. And sometimes you just have to get close to their number for them to feel the love. And I don't know. I mean, between and maybe I'm being swayed by the things that that Chris said at the at the at the parade. Which I mean, and I I think. I can't remember who pointed out earlier. Uh, maybe it was on Seren's show when I was driving over listening. It um, sometimes, you know, Chris just says things, yeah. so you have to you have to take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> but can we get a uh, Chiefsaholics lawyer to see if it's a binding like contract <laughs> of him saying that on the stage? 
I mean, hey, if you can hold him to it, that'd be great. But I know the Cats brothers won't let won't let you hold him to it. No, no. Uh, but I mean, what's what's the number? I mean, I, it could be almost anything. I mean, you know, and we don't really know how far apart they were, where they were back in last summer. So, but I know that you know the belief is that hey, that they think that they can get it done. I think cautious optimism is again the buzzword. I mean, that was kind of the buzzword last year at the combine so we're hearing it again this year that's probably about the, the right way to be uh, now if the chiefs come in and they're not at the same place they were when they parted ways last year maybe it won't go well i mean we really don't have a sense for it because as you know Fred beach said i mean they're gonna have really have their first conversations this week and that'll be the first one since september so let's let's see where how close they are and i, I think we'll find out pretty quickly how close they are. Final Chiefs question for you with the San Francisco 49ers interviewing Dave Merritt uh, for the D.C. position. Um, how, how concerned are you about the Chiefs losing Dave Merritt? And is there a chance that the, the Chiefs could just say, all right, we obviously can't make you D.C. because Spags is still here, but what if we give you a promo? Like, l- let's call you the assistant defensive coordinator. Like, w- w- with a title... Um, Addition and a and a pay raise, or, or is that just not going to be enough to keep a guy as talented as Dave Merritt? You know, the really you, you bring that up, and I mean, it's a great question. The real challenge with it is that you know you've also got a couple of other guys on your staff who want to be a defensive coordinator, and you're not trying to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I think you know, I think you know, I, you know, assistant contracts are so loopy. I mean, you know, I think it was kind of rumored that maybe Joe Cullen got an extension and a bomb. Um, when he turned down Michigan, so maybe he's taken care of and he doesn't need anything else. But you know, Brendan Daly might say, "Hey, wait a minute, I want to be a defensive coordinator too. So where's my title bump? Where's yeah. my where's my raise?" Um, but I think you almost you have to, I think you have to do it. Now I I think you know Dave, Dave Dave has been pretty clear that he'd like to stay in Kansas City until his kids are finished with high school, and you know he's got I think his his, his son that's the quarterback is what the, you know going to be a senior next year. So I don't think he wants to leave Kansas City right now, but he wants to be a defensive coordinator. And if the 49ers are going to give him that chance, I mean, you got to consider it. It's a great but, spot, man. I, I get that Shanahan throws his uh, DCs under the bus, let's be real, now for the past couple seasons. There's that. But, but also, there's so much talent. It's not like you're going to the Panthers. Like right. it's, it's not like you're going to a dumpster fire. Now, it's a kind of double-edged sword because if you don't look incredible, if you merely look good, all of a sudden people are saying, well, why don't you look like you're the best? Um, there, there's pressure that comes with that. But if you can use that talent, uh, which I think Dave Merritt is capable of, I mean, San Fran's not a bad gig. If you were if you were going to make a list of the people, and I know people, not players, but the people who are you know could leave the organization this year. I mean, if you were going to say, hey, who has the most wins probability added for you? <laughs> who has the best EPA here for you, Sterling? Um, I'd probably put Dave Merritt at like third on the list behind Jones and Sneed. Yeah. Um, and if I mean, I mean, if you if you want to go for a three peat, I mean, you need Dave Merritt. Yeah. So I would say if I'm if I'm Brett Veach, Clark Hunt, and Andy Reid, I'm saying, hey, uh, Dave, here's here's some money. Wait, wait, wait for a better opportunity to be a defensive coordinator. We'll take care of you for this year. Then let's see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. There's a better opportunity though. This is this is one of those rare ones where it's a great team who's looking for one, not not some horrendous team 
that's looking for. Although I will say, coordinator's a little different than head coach, obviously, as you saw the Eagles last year, right? A team that was in the Super Bowl. They completely revamped. Uh, obviously, it was bad, but at least there was some uh, some opportunity there. Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. Make sure you check out all his work, ChiefsDigest.com, as well as follow him on The X, at Matt Derrick. Before I let you go, are you stopping by Booches in Columbia? <laughs> I did not. I have already blown through Columbia. Oh, so. man. Well, now you got to hit the McDonald's in Concordia. That's the best McDonald's in the world. I will stand by that. Ooh, I mean, I. it depends. I mean, on a long drive like this, I don't know if I can make it to Concordia. I would usually have to stop at, at Boonville, but I will say, I mean, that... The bathrooms in Concordia are better at that McDonald's. Yeah, I'm telling you, that McDonald's is it's primo, man. It's uh, it, it takes you back to the 1960s, what I imagine McDonald's used to be. Yeah, it's a good. I mean, Concordia is a great stopping point. It's, it is midway between Kansas City and everything. Boonville's a little close, but you know, since this case, I was coming from Indianapolis. My last stop was in what? Winsville. So oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, if I need a stop, might be Boonville, but no. I mean, otherwise, you are correct. Concordia is the correct answer. Uh, Matt Derrick, get home safe. Always appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, Sterling. Take care, my friend. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. Home stretch. Sports Radio eight ten WHB. Again, this is not a power ballot. This is more Yacht Rock. It's Toto. Appreciate Matt Derrick. Always appreciate him coming on. Uh, it's, it's a bummer he went past Columbia already. I like calling guys on these road trips. Because if I've been on many a road trip, and I love when people are like, Hey, Sterling, you want to come? Yes, keep me on for two hours. Makes the road trip go by so much quicker. I'm just impressed, you know, guys like Matt Derrick and Daniel Harms are able to do it while driving the car, you know, sitting in traffic. What, can you not talk on your f- I would find it a little difficult. I'd have to put the phone on speaker. I don't have a phone holder. Wh- phone why don't you use be- AirPods, Kyle? I don't have them. <laughs> That's why. Why don't you use, I don't know, anything else, Kyle? I'm not an athlete while driving. Can you walk and chew gum? Like, I, often at the same time. Often, like I, I'm befuddled here. I didn't realize that talking on the phone whilst driving was took so much manpower. I'd get distracted. That's, that's just how my brain is. And then it would be worse if you saw like a deer or a squirrel or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Like a oh, cow. Exactly. Cow. I'd have to pull over. Sheep. <laughs> Bison. All right, I walked back there during the break, and what did I see on good old Kyle's laptop? Top bank robbers of all time, which I didn't know they had a list. I didn't know we're doing like a first things first or like a Stephen A. Smith listicle here, but uh, apparently there is one of top bank robbers of all time. Um, the only reason why I bring this up is because uh, allegedly, allegedly Chief's a holic. Robbed banks, allegedly. Uh, we'll play his uh, lawyer's press statement in just a moment because I find it um, its incredible, man. It's legendary. Uh, it's horrendous what transpired. I think that sometimes we um, don't realize some of the victims who were a part of his, again, alleged um Robberies. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's got to be terrifying. Um, but also, at some point, it's just so farcical 
so unbelievable that all you can do is laugh. And then when you get his lawyer involved and he sounds and talks and uses the references that he does, it's literally very hard to not laugh. Um, but who was who was who's the top three bank robbers of all time? Was like Pretty Boy Floyd on that list? Uh, no, we got John Dillinger. Okay, we yeah. got a uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Of course, of course. Well, that's kind of like two and three, right? Yeah. That's kind of a combo. Yeah, and then we got uh, Lester Babyface Nelson. Oh, uh, you can't forget about Babyface. Yeah, that's right. How old do you think Lester Babyface Nelson was? Babyface. He was roughly. He was in his twenties. Yeah, because he was Babyface. Wow, he did kind of have a baby's face. I'm not going to lie. He died when he was 26. Wow, Lester. Man, they caught all these guys in 1934. <laughs> yeah, they, 1934 was a good year to get to for, for the police. They, they caught a lot of guys. Um, wow. Huh. In a shootout. Shootout. Um... Bank robbers back in the day. Why was 1934 the year? Was that when they figured out like how fingerprints work? Uh, maybe the police just started using radios, you know? <laughs> hey, he's going that way. <laughs> he said it's south. Oh. <laughs> he's, the pocket's collapsing around him. He's feeling the pressure. Where'd he go? They all have that voice for some reason. I don't know how they all talk like that, but... Where'd he go, Jim Bob? And you're like, well, I don't know. It's, he's the fastest kid alive. It's like you're using a. See? It's like you're using say. It's like using super bad references where where it's like he's the fastest kid alive. Yeah. Like back then, like actually, like if you're fast, like oh dang, he got away. We we don't know where he stays. There was a census, I'm pretty sure back then, but I don't know how well you know. What if they just didn't fill it out? I don't know. I feel I feel like back in the day was a lot easier. Yeah, I bet so. But Chiefs a holic. He made a run for this top five list. If he would have done it in 1933, he maybe would have had a chance. But 1934 and onward, yeah. as we're finding out, not, not a good so time. successful, he wouldn't even show up on this list. Not a good time. Been got. Yeah. Uh, again, allegedly, of course. Uh, Chiefsaholic's lawyer spoke today. Again, I normally wouldn't talk about this, but it's just so farcical and out there that I think uh, we need to. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Sahali, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chief's Kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you and God bless. Kyle, the curb music is impressive right there. That, that's just just nails. Is either is either curb or is going to be uh, yakety sacks? Those are the only two options <laughs> you could use. One too. Oh man, rally behind him. Was like he's some folklore now? Like 
because he wore a Chiefs, a, a, a wolf outfit that all of a sudden people are supposed to forgive all of this and be like, you know what? Remember, guys. Yeah, that's something you just, say about somebody who was wrongly accused. You know? <laughs> Dog. <laughs> like, I, I'm... I, I, Rally, what, are you supposed to come up to court and, and rocking like signs like you're at a Chiefs game? What number is he? Like you're going to put like Matt Castle on there, his number up there? Oh. He, he never gives up, Sterling. He never gives up. Which horrible thing to say yeah. about <laughs> a alleged bank robber. He never gives up. Uh, we can tell. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like... Rally behind, never gives up. Oh man, oh the pack, the pocket was collapsing, and he stepped up into pressure. <laughs> what? I'm I'm shocked he didn't use score a touchdown or or move the sticks, get a first down in there. I, I go cross sport, you know, just really. He hit a home run. Yeah, he's gonna take steps along this way. He's gonna hit the check down. You know, like dog. <laughs> If he stumbles, he'll get back up. His knee won't touch. <laughs> what? Like, is he describing one of the alleged robberies? Like, he almost fell, but guess what? His knee didn't touch. Like, if his knee did touch, would he all of a sudden give the money back? Like, allegedly give. Like, I just banged his knee on the door on the getaway car. Have you <laughs> have you seen Arrested Development? No, I have. Arrested Development, you know, and the uh the dad and he's like I have the worst bleeping lawyers. Like like the face of him, I just feel like he's just like, dude, I got when you hear that speech. Like this has to be this is not real. He could go all the way to prison. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Allegedly, of course. Allegedly, of course. Man, I just... The sentence is at the 5, 10, 15. <laughs> you, your lawyer says that. You're screwed, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll regather, talk actual more Chiefs news. But, man. Wow. All I have to say is Wow. Kyle, you you really stepped up big. You stepped up in, in, into the pocket when the pressure was there. Your knee didn't touch, and you played that Curb Your Enthusiasm music. That was great. We'll take a break. Come back home stretch. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome to the home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. If you want to know why you shouldn't follow me and my betting advice, because I got greedy. Like, why do I do this to myself? Why? I said Luka Doncic, 30 points, 10 plus assists, 10 plus rebounds. 30, 11 boards, 16 assists. Oh, you hit Sterling, right? Wow, good job, Sterling. Way to hit that one. Yeah, I also had him for three three-pointers like a... Wasn't even good odds. Didn't even move the needle much. I'm not a good better. Okay, that's a classic. Uh, that's a classic, classic Sterling bet. A little bit too much greed there. But everyone, if you want to bet, don't be like me. 
Take that last leg of your parlay off and make sure you guys use ESPN Bet. It's now live in Kansas as the official sportsbook of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That is ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway. All right. Let's play a little bit of audio from today. Um, I actually want to start with uh, Clark Hunt talking about the cost of renovations. I know it's not in order there, Kyle, so I'll give you a second there, but we'll start with Clark Hunt and the cost of renovations. Uh, the renovation is estimated to cost $800 million. And our family will be investing 300 of that. Are there any renovations to the practice facility that will be part of this project? Uh, those are not contemplated uh, at this time and are not part of the numbers uh, that I just shared with you. Um, we, we are going to evaluate uh, our long-term needs there and uh, uh, may come back uh, at a later time with some thoughts on that. So 800 to renovate. I don't know if you everyone saw the pictures, the artist renderings that were on encircling the X today. Um, didn't look like a big, big change. They added a bridge. <laughs> like that was the biggest change. They're going to add a small. Um, it was tough to tell, like a football field that looked a little bit like an entertainment miniature entertainment district type thing in the middle of it. Um, I'm not good with money, but didn't look like 800 mil. <laughs> Uh, all right, I actually want to jump around here, um, but again, Clark Hunt says they'll, the family will donate three, which means if it's 800, 500 mil uh, for the city, or I guess the county, I should say. Uh, I want to jump around to actually number 10 here, Donovan, uh, Mark Donovan, talking about the training facility. In terms of the training facility, um, I know you just talked to Clark about this, and I didn't hear what he said, so I bet you what he didn't say, because he's just so humble is we're going to put two more million dollars into our existing training facility this offseason. Probably not the time to be thinking about a new one, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll look at it. We'll continue to look at it as we go here. There are a lot of different things going on in the National Football League. There are a lot of different things going on in college football when it comes to facilities. So we'll look at that, but there's no plan right now to do that. So I thought that was interesting, right? Um, obviously, originally, when asked earlier, Clark Hunt didn't bring up anything with the facilities. Uh, obviously, they were ranked, again, very, very lowly in facilities in general as far as a training facility. They're going to input $2 million there um, in renovations. Now, I'm not going to pretend like I know exactly what $2 million in renovations will get you as far as a facility. I'd assume it gets you at least a decent amount. But... The NFLPA, that report card came out, and that's before the $2 million that's going to be invested and put into the training facility, so we'll see what that looks like. I'm intrigued to see what next year's report card looks like, right? That would be, I think, a huge difference if all of a sudden that goes from 31st, 32nd, all of a sudden, oh yeah, now you're uh, top 10, right? Uh, that'd be a big difference. That, that'd be a great step in the right direction. But I thought that train facility uh, talk from, from Mark Donovan was intriguing. Again, um, does that mean that that stays? The, the training facility stay? Where, where do the offices go? 
You know, where 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 does the actual where the sales staff and all those guys work? Do they do they stay um, where they're currently at? Is that getting renovated? Is that change? Is that moving? Um, we'll see. Uh, Mark Donovan, the next one I bring up is tailgating here. Sorry for for jumping out of order here. I know Kyle back there is laughing at me as I'm putting him on skates back here, uh, like I'm in an Allen Iverson crossover, and he is. Um, Tyron Liu. Uh, all right, Mark Donovan on tailgating. Yeah, so I'll answer the, both of those questions. Number one, tailgating will get better. Um, what we're looking at is, again, get the opportunity to start over. So we looked at exactly how should the cars be facing. What's easiest from an in-and-out standpoint and what creates the most space for tailgating. And we looked at a lot of different options. One of the things that was first and foremost on our list of potential is we must have tailgating we must continue to enhance tailgating. It's one of the things we're known for, so you're going to see a better opportunity. When you look at that covered canopy space on the new activation zone, you're going to see some very interesting ways to tailgate in that space. So it's trying to take advantage of that space to better tailgating. On parking prices, um, I know it's a popular topic. If you look at the National Football League and you look at average parking prices, we're, we're relatively average. Um, so we'll continue to, I can't tell you today what the parking is going to be in 2031. Um, but we've been very conscious of what we charge for pricing. And one of the things we've done and we'll continue to do, and I would bet we're going to do this in 31 is you're going to pay the lowest possible price for parking. If you buy in advance and you use the system, because that makes it more efficient for every single one of our fans. So it's less about the price of the ticket. It's more about how do we get these fans in here as efficiently as possible. So everyone has a good experience. I love the relatively average. When someone says, we're relatively, I'll tell you where you're not. You're not below. (laughs) I I, I like he's talking about the tailgating aspect of this. It's obviously a big deal. As long as I can drink my bush light in in, in peace and crush uh, a few few little um, bush lattes prior to heading in to watch the Chiefs. Uh, beat up on whoever they're playing. I'm, I'm going to be okay as long as I can can have the sweet aroma of barbecue wafting in my nostrils as I head into Arrowhead. Uh, yeah, I'll be okay. Don't mess with the great thing. Um, I, I do think the pricing thing was interesting for, for parking prices. I can't promise what it's going to be. I get that, man. But especially when it comes to the, if you prepay, if you do all this stuff, yeah, it's great and all. What happens if you miss a game? You still get the parking money. I know how it works. I, I went to a many a Royals game. I know how the parking there works. If you miss a game or two, all of a sudden you can't. No one's going. You're not giving that to someone. You already paid that. You're not getting that money back. So I think, yeah, it seems great in theory until you actually miss a game. Um, any thoughts there as far as Donovan and, and Clark Hunt talking today? The government has been blitzing. How long have you been waiting to, to, to play the, the the lawyer talk back then? I cut that one last break. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Kyle. I'm proud of you. Uh, we'll take a break. More talk with Josh Briscoe. The going away Briscoe-Sterling home stretch segment. I, I'm going to miss the guy. I'm going to miss Briscoe. Briscoe up next, home stretch, Sports Radio 18 WHB.
are here to celebrate the life, the radio life of Josh Briscoe. Why? What happened to him? Uh, you don't know? I guess not. I mean, it feels like I'm always the last thing to know about what's going on with that guy. Yeah. We're celebrating Briscoe with Briscoe. Whoa. So far, so good. Dude. Dude. I am sad, perplexed, befuddled. <laughs> I, I know those aren't all true. Uh, sad, maybe. <laughs> Sad's the real one. We're going to take a trip down memory lane with, with Briscoe. Oh, are we really? I don't know, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't Listen. seem like on-brand, but yet it does seem on-brand for us. It does. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of nostalgia, a little... Listen, dude, if... If uh, between your your stomping grounds of ESPN Kansas City and Knights on 810, if I decided that that was suddenly an unreasonable time to get very self-involved, <laughs> I would be a pretty big hypocrite. We've talked about uh, some philosophical questions on this show before. We have yeah. talked about really in-depth, mind-shattering um, questions yeah. before on this show. And we've also said a lot of dumb things on this show. If I ask you one question, you have to give me a dead honest answer right now. Can you do that for me? Yeah. Did you prepare this or that? <laughs> he definitely didn't. Now he's going to try to have one. It would have been a great way to send me out. We hadn't done it in a while. And no, we haven't for sure. I we'll, thought we'll do it this or that. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll get it this. But or there that. was there's not currently one in no, your little Google Doc over there. No, but we'll. That's okay. I didn't expect there to be. I, I in fact I assumed there wouldn't be one. Uh, we'll we'll get this or that. Just just for uh, old times' sake. Old times' sake. That's all right. Listen, don't and don't start doing it now. We got no, we got no, a couple no. commercial breaks. Oh, we it have out. we fine. have. Uh, uh, although I just realized that time. the type of this or that questions that you may try to ask as I am. As we are doing a very self-involved radio conversation, I'm guessing maybe you're going to ask me Legarius Need or Chris Jones. I'm afraid you're going to be like, "All right, Josh, Beards or Dylan?" Oh yeah, that's going to happen. That's, I know. Okay, I know. Uh, that's in there. Yep. Uh, who have been your co-hosts, Jason? <laughs> yeah, it's, the issue there is it's just kind of Jason. Like yeah. he's safe on that one. Um, you know what Super Bowl post? What's the worst show you ever hosted? I know, I know that answer. I think actually. Okay. So. Well, well, that's going to be in there. Um, that's not really this or that. I guess it's just sort of it's, doing it's, a, it's that more or less, but AVB kind of thing. I'd assume it's anything you've done with me would be the worst show you've ever no, hosted. No, there was. A, I'll just tell you now. There was a we ESPN Kansas City four to six almost entirely sports. Um, we used to do a thing with uh, with Charlie Carlin. Um, who was he and Beards originally like alternated days producing the show, and eventually Beards was doing it full time, and Charlie was doing other stuff around the station. And we used to call it Wet, wet Wild Wacky Wednesdays with Charlie. He would come uh, in on yeah. Wednesdays, he'd sit in for the whole show. What was fun. wet about it, listeners? <laughs> so um, we did Wet and Wild Wacky Wednesdays with Charlie, and there was one day that we we ended up doing Wet Wild Wacky Wednesday on a Friday instead of doing it on a Wednesday. Yeah. And that show for two straight freaking hours, man, just never got off the ground. I can't explain it, but I remember it to this day. I'm sure Beards and and uh, and Charlie both also remember that. But that that I think to this day is probably the worst show I've ever done. Like you look back on, you're like, why did it just this... wasn't a show? It wasn't two hours of radio. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't really radio in a way that's um, really crystallized in my in my brain. 
Do you ever look back on a situation like from when you were like nine and you're like, I can't believe I did something that stupid? Yeah, sure. Yeah. What's your What's the one that came to mind for you just I then? still remember like I threw a jacket and it hit someone. I felt so bad about it. I still think about how bad I feel. Interesting. Like it wasn't even like I was doing it maliciously. I just like accidentally threw my jacket, you know? Yeah. And I was like, maybe younger. I was, like, I was like six and I still remember that. I was like, I've never thrown a jacket since. Yeah. I can think of I can think of one that's sort of in a similar space that would eventually get kind of sad and not probably. Yeah, we don't want to do that. But yeah, it's very yeah. similar. Yeah. And it's like, wow, yeah, maybe we should. I think the lesson there is we should probably forgive our our child selves for those dumb things, and and maybe not carry it too closely at this point because it's probably not helping us outside of just like don't throw things at people. It's a philosophical show that Briscoe and I have, and yeah. it, we we've pondered what life means. Yeah, um, I enjoy doing that. You're we we agree on we have some similar just sort of like general I think perspectives on life, and some places where we're very different. But I I can count on you to. To be interested in some of those things, uh, even if it does mean that we spend 20 minutes talking about if you are a ghost, do you die? Do you uh, spend eternity wearing the clothes you died in? That's going to be a this or that question. Uh, I, I, I've gotten so much mileage clothes. out of that. I've never heard it before. We definitely have talked about it on this show. Thank ghost you for clothes question. We have <laughs> talked about for, me, for the, you listening the host, to yeah, this yeah. show. Well, I guess I may have been a ghost, but yeah, no, we, we, we talked about it on the home stretch at some point. I, for I will sure. say at some point, I, I have to say thank you because Uh-oh. you helped me. Oh. Uh, even th- you're like the younger, older brother in radio for me because <laughs> I'm older than you by about six months. But I had no idea what I was doing, and Briscoe helped me, took me under my wing, or under his wing, I guess. Wow. Uh, maybe it was under my wing too, because I'm the. We I'm put older. our wing, We put our wings around each other. Yeah, and we say wings like we're not talking hypothetically. We, we glued some on like yeah. we we're big eagles. No, you've seen like, it's always sunny just, in Philadelphia, like almost like chicken wings. I was gonna say it, chicken yeah. wings. It was. I think we put our chicken wings around each other. Not exactly our our soaring. Eagles My wings, mango but... habanero chicken wings, yep. and uh, we clucked around, man. We clucked around. We clucked around and found out. So yeah, you. This is I've enjoyed our little chats um, very, very much over these these many years, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that I don't I don't necessarily want to claim a coaching tree. I feel like that yeah. might be might be a bit big, and also most of the people who are in my coaching tree left before I did, <laughs> so. Um, I don't know. Fair. You- I guess that's Andy Reid just like outlasting. Then I'm uh, making myself Andy Reid. It's fine. Outlasting like Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy. I well, don't I know. guess I guess in this qu- in this equation, would Tucker, for example, be like Matt Nagy? Yeah. Because Tucker was here, but he went somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's yeah. That's, that's the coaching tree. There, there are yeah. branches to it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think my my legacy will hopefully be. Um, the weirdest shows to ever exist, perhaps on uh, on these two stations here, and um, and then maybe I maybe my that. maybe maybe my <laughs> my legacy can live on through the coaching tree. I don't know. Yeah, the the, the Josh Briscoe Memorial. I am not dying. If we haven't cleared that. This I'm just tomorrow's my last day at eight ten. He just has a bad pancreas. Um, but so I do have a bad pancreas. It, it, I mean, it can get confusing. Sometimes. I am dying faster, I guess, than most people, kind of in the aggregate, but not not serious. It's just um, I'm leaving leaving at the end of the week. Yeah, or actually I, leaving again tomorrow because. Um, um, the end of the week, the end of the month is a Thursday. And so. the rest of this hour is going to be Dylan and myself trying to convince Briscoe to leave his mini fridge as a memorial for, for his time here because we yeah. really want that mini fridge because... I would actually try uh, trade the fridge for Briscoe. Well, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, we're, we're trying to. Well, we're trying to. I'm trying to butter him up to make it seem like it's for his largesse. Whoa. Um, yeah, your largesse knows no bounds. Clearly. Um, uh, yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I'm glad you mentioned it again because I'm gonna have to make a decision on that at the end of this show today. Yeah. Because I am going to unplug it so it can like defrost or whatever overnight. If I'm going to take it with me tomorrow after the zone. Um, 
it is I think I think what I am most interested in doing at this point is figuring out a way getting it engraved would be a lot of work. But maybe I just grab like one of those metallic silver sharpies and just sort of write Sign on it. it. And you could put duct or not duct tape, you put uh duct tape you wouldn't see it anymore. Yeah. You had the scotch tape. Yeah, you, you, scotch tape over so it. So I to... did that with uh I had a a phone signed by the guitarist of Foreigner, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. Maybe it was of Journey. Maybe it was Steve Perry. Um, either way, I got it signed on an old flip phone because that's how old I am, Briscoe. Yes, yes, I had yes, a flip yes. phone. I also had a flip. My first phone uh, was Motorola Razor. Uh, it was silver, and so I had a black Sharpie. He mm-hmm. signed it. Well, and you didn't want to wipe off, so you got, I think, scotch tape was what I put over it. And it like I, packing tape, maybe? Yeah, I still have it. Lighter, yeah. It was on the battery, so then I just took the battery out, and I had the battery somewhere. It's on the battery? Like, oh, the battery get, cover? You know, like the, you know how you take the battery cover, yeah. and like, it was all in one? Yeah. So it was actually the battery and cover in one. I see, I got you. Yeah. Those Old phones really, uh, they didn't really have covers. If you dropped it, the whole thing would just kind of explode. It really would. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, So I had that somewhere. But if you could do that, we'll we'll put tape over it. Okay. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance I'm going to do that. Don't let us know because the final question of this or that, it's going to be a... Heads up is is the fridge standard leaving. So you have about fifty one minutes or so, give or take. To I'm gonna really meditate. Gonna... I'm gonna meditate on that because I I think again, and this is not a final decision, but it's kind of talking through the process. We we our basement's unfinished, and I am kind of thinking that maybe yeah. we we do a little more down there. Now that I'm suddenly gonna have some more time to work with, and um, I hope all of this. I'm leaving on my own accord, and I love everybody. And it's been an emotional month or so, but it's. I wrote about it on Twitter. You can go check it out. It says, I'm not being unceremoniously yanked off stage by one of those big old-timey canes. So it's not like an MVS situation where you were you, too highly paid. No. that salary cut? I'd be, <laughs> Sterling, I'd be pretty surprised if uh, if yeah. I was a cap casualty. Um, listen, am I up and down, and maybe I give you a good performance in the playoffs? Sure, that's me. For, yeah. That's definitely yeah. that's 100%. Nails. Um, did, I, did I plant a flag at the 50 uh, on my way out yesterday? I did. I did. I, yeah. I did do that. Um, yeah, I hit it backing up. It was right behind my my jeep i didn't see it somehow yeah that's what yeah. i was hoping would happen yeah. so that's that's good um, i'll bill you we're just, i'll bill we you for just, that just okay. barely on 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 the wrong page there you know we're just t- a tick off um so yeah what was the original question we we're talking about um i'm definitely the mvs of 810 that's definitely true when you leave you're not gonna pull a mccall hardman are you oh the mini fridge <laughs> uh, yeah we'll see um we'll see i'm not planning on going to new york um the mini fridge right now, I'm thinking Memorial my, – my best offer at this point is Memorial Fridge with um, – it would be more like a soccer loan where I would still own the rights yeah. to, the, to the mini you fridge. You have the rights. It's Dario Sarch when he was overseas <laughs> in, in Croatia for a while and the Sixers owned his rights for like six years. Yeah. Maybe we can do something with that because I also love Dario Sarich. Uh, so maybe it's the the uh, mini Dario or something. I don't know. Wow, Super Dario. Yeah, mini I, I have that shirt somewhere. I, I, I maybe really? gave it away. It was a Super Super Dario shirt because I worked for the Seventy Sixers and we had all this stuff. And then you look back and you're like, yeah, they didn't really have great players when I was mm-hmm. there because Embiid was injured and Simmons was injured. So you had Nerlens Noel and Simmons J- was hurt. Uh, Jalil Okafor. Uh, those were your stars. Yeah. Uh, and then Robert Covington, undrafted man from was it Tennessee? Not the University of Tennessee, mind you. It was you're in the ilk of know. Louisiana Tech situation yeah. going on. Maybe it's the trust the fr- trust the process fridge. mini fridge. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I'll, I'll give it some thought and I'll try to have a verdict for you by the end of the show. 
Love that. Uh, one of my things that I'm going to miss, and we've not done it in a while, and I, I, I'm upset by it because now we're getting into the, the summertime and Chiefs is almost over. Yeah. We used to do a lot of whiteboard material where we had a whiteboard in here. Remember that? When I first started, we, and, yeah, we, and we did power the rankings, the brackets. Yeah. Uh, like the Applebee's versus Chili's. Yes, we had a fast food bracket. A fast thing. food bracket, yeah. AES was a big bracketology show, not yeah. college basketball. We didn't really talk about it very often, but a, but a big nonsense bracket show we did one of those we did a we did a disney bracket that i think got some traction so if anyone is understanding where i am getting some of my nonsense from it's from briscoe because when i first started it was like hey we have a bracket let's do a fast food bracket and that was one of my first five shows i think i ever did and so from there it just spiraled into beer porch drinking beers porch drinking music we did that on on monday but totally by accident we we, we drafted beers with men yeah we did that that yeah so just sort of coincidental uh, yeah, like uh, I, I, I could, I could tell that somewhere in you there was there was an, a nonsense lover that we could that we could bring out, and so I, I'm, I'm glad we could do that. So are we are we doing some bracketology again? Or are you just realizing that that's something we could have done? No, if we no, planned for it, it today. prepared actually. You know, like I've already done more preparation. I just go, yeah. oh, dude, I can't wait to talk to Briscoe. All this Chiefs news has happened. It's, it's also crazy. his last day. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, yeah. if we don't. This, uh, if this day couldn't get any worse, do you want to hear some breaking news? Oh, Hachi Machi. The San Francisco 49ers, per Mike Garofolo, are interviewing Dave Merritt for their defensive coordinator position. <laughs> per Mike Garofolo, per Kyle Collier. Wow. Love the hands up there, Kyle. I saw, I saw the rock on hands over Dylan's dome. Kyle, I hope you're wrong. I would be so sad. Dave Merritt, don't do it. You go for the three, Pete. You do it. The year prior, I will say this: his 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 his, his kids aren't old enough yet. He's it, not supposed it, to leave. If Dave Merritt leaves, does that make signing Legarius need that much more important? Not necessarily, but it does change things a little Spags bit. Is the guy? No, I'm, I'm the with you. Where's the report of this right. again, sir? I just want to get it. Mike Garofolo. Garofolo. I went to Pelissero. Are we cause... sure it's not Garofolo? I hope this is my uh, Garofalo's uh, report. The Jimmy Garoppolo. The Niners are interviewing Chiefs defensive backs coach Dave Merritt for their defensive coordinator position. Sources say Merritt, a longtime trusted assistant for Steve Spagnuolo, helped coach up Casey's fourth-ranked pass defense this season. This makes me sadder than I thought. All right, was Dylan, here's today. a this or that for you. Are you sadder about Briscoe or Dave Merritt? Briscoe. I'm sadder about Dave Merritt. Yeah, you don't have to lie. No, I didn't even have to think. Yeah, that was actually pretty quick. Thank you, Di- thank you, thank you, Dylan. I you was called Dad. I, like, <laughs> like, I almost called him Dave because I was still looking at Dave Merritt and trying to figure out if this is a real thing that could actually happen or not. Niners, stay the f away and hire Brandon Staley or something. I got a good this or that question that's coming up. Uh, I don't want to say it now. No, sure, it's for later because I reminded you that's a bit we used to do. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Oh, now God. I can lighten the mood with uh, Chiefsaholic's lawyer's statements. I saw that he talked, that? but I haven't heard them yet. You want to hear it? Yes, so badly. Yes, yes. Is this the PJ? Is it what? PJ tweeted out? Okay, okay, yes. okay. All right. All right. Here we go. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. <laughs> but today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. <laughs> He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up 
in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, mm. we know that he doesn't give up. <laughs> we know that if he stumbled, not wrong, and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. <laughs> and that's because you had a big bag of money that cushioned it. He's capable, <laughs> allegedly, of doing a great thing, and he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Hmm. Thank you, and God bless. <laughs> allegedly, he didn't take a knee because... Uh, maybe bless. he did. Maybe, yeah. maybe they were allegedly describing one of his um, attempts. Yeah, right. You know, like, allegedly he yeah, fell couldn't, couldn't and he got back down. up. Yeah, he couldn't bring him down. Um, allegedly, of course. Listen, I think it's important to note that incarcerated people are still people, that there's still, you know, chances for um, good things to come from, from life, even in those circumstances. Like, that's all very difficult and very real. And I did he say rally to his support? What was the phrasing there towards the end? I think rally, yeah. yeah. That, I think, might be a little big for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe we'll just say good luck and hope you don't, hope you, hope you are a changed man and that hopefully you get out someday and don't rob any more banks. Uh, what do you think? I'm allegedly. Not sure I'm, allegedly. To, alleged, I'm uh, not sure I'm allegedly ready to rally around him at this like, moment. Do they expect him to make, make like signs like, like, like Chiefs of Holic? You yeah. know, like you're going to a game type yeah. situation. Also, if you're a lawyer, I cannot take you seriously if you're like, this case is going to be a home run. Like, like it's so over-the-top cheesy. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm out on that. It's like, it, it is it is like the, if I see my lawyer dressed like this, I know I'm going to jail. If yeah. your lawyer comes out and he's like... <laughs> Doing football puns? His knee... I mean, it's so many of Collapse them, Collapse the pocket. It's and so he steps up them. into the pressure. Uh, it happened in politics today also, in a oh, slightly good. slightly less heavy-handed way, but, but I would say in a less heavy-handed way, with more of a sense of humor about it. This is so effing serious. It's so self-serious, and so... I, he seems so tickled with himself throughout that process that My it's goal really tweeted, bizarre. We are in a Veep episode. Yes. What did? Yes. Uh, who was a politician that went to Indiana and tried the Hoosier quote and then completely butchered it? I have no and idea. He, instead of calling it like the hoop ten feet, I forget what he called it. He called it something like that was not even close to a basketball term, and everyone just like started booing immediately. That's what it felt like just happened with this lawyer. But he's been. But this lawyer's been in his bag the, the whole time. I mean, this is. He he had a hell of a case there. I'm I'm hoping that he um I'm I'm assuming he's going to end up being well compensated from that one. But yeah, that's what it was. Uh, they call the basketball hoop a ring. You know how he goes. The hoop's ten feet tall, and then they do the the whole they measure it because they're playing uh -huh. in, the, in you know a bigger arena, uh -huh. and it's it's not the, the normal Hoosier home field advantage. It's giving them all the bright the bright lights. But sure. how tall is it? It's ten feet. He called the hoop a ring. The and, ring. and then everyone just started booing. The, the, the ring's 10 feet tall. When, this? when was this? Uh, this was in 2016. You got to tell me who it was. I, I don't. I'll tell you off air. You can just tell me we now. Don't... Ted Cruz. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's Hoosiers. fine. I just needed to. I didn't remember this at all. And um, it's where the, the Chiefs PR director was um, talking about <laughs> Hoosiers. It's different. Different Ted Cruz. Just a funny, funny little fun fact. 
is that one of the head community? I don't remember his, v, his like VP of communications or something. I don't know. Um, but his name is his name is Ted Cruz. You, you've seen him in some media things, I'm sure. It's C R E W S. Just yeah. a funny little which is like combined with Terry Cruz. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like a combo. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I don't want to make any more jokes, but I just wanted to share that fun fact. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks, man. Good for you. It's been a good time. It's been a great time. Like this entire show, or like our 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 period of of radio together, our um, uh, parties at your house where I dress up in a green seafoam green. Um, I don't like that you made it sound like it's just, it's just that you come over and we party with you wearing a green seafoam uh, jacket. I guess other we people could were there. Do that yeah, other people were there. Other too. people were there. It was like, like a, a holiday party. There's a raccoon there, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that was probably Renee. She, I definitely bought her a raccoon onesie at some point. What so. were those, those marsupials you had? Possums. Yeah, you had possums. possums. We, yeah, had, we, we partied with possums. It was that's pretty sort cool. of true. Please don't make it sound like we were giving the possums alcohol. That mm-hmm. didn't, it didn't. Mm-hmm. It was very. We had. We were caring for possums before releasing them into the wild. Yeah. During that winter, and so yes, there were. There were straight up absolutely caged and well cared for possums at our at our house. It was that, a possum party. It was a possum party a little bit. Yeah. yeah. What a wild time. Yeah, you have some weird animals sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of cool. We uh we're getting woodpeckers out back now. I'm fighting squirrels much more actively. Um, yeah, squirrels are the bane of my existence. They're, they're, yeah. they're the Desmond Bane of my existence. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe Desmond Bane's last name is really Bane, and he acts like... I'm thinking of Dylan Brooks. You are. Last, you but, are. I was uh, thinking of Dylan Brooks. I was thinking of a Memphis, former Memphis Grizzly yep. player. I yeah. was with you every step of the way. These squirrels will not be welcomed back under any circumstances. <laughs> I was about Dylan Brooks. Not Des- he should have been Dylan Bane. Yeah, can we switch their last names? Sure. Yeah. Desmond... Desmond. We have Dylan Bane, Desmond Brooks. Desmond Brooks sounds like he could write, like, pleasant novels. Do you want to talk about the Chiefs' rankings? Do you, do you, oh, yeah, sure. Do you, do you, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, personally. it's I mean, yeah. They were ranked 31st. You want to take a break for It's been, like, 20 minutes. You I, want to take a break? Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. If you want. It's just it's been 20 minutes. I sure. we take a break, and then we'd come back, and they could do the Chiefs thing. Uh. But listen, I'm not going to tell you how to do radio. I mean, I only, I only got one day left. <laughs> We'll take a break so Briscoe can do whatever he wants I to don't, do. I don't, I don't need second to pee that Second to bad. last, I know what you have to do. I don't have to pee that bad. His second to I'll last break of all, all time. Second to last break of all time. I will sit here all break if I need to. I don't need to pee that bad. I just figured you should learn how to do radio before I'm gone. About Xavier... And if the Chiefs' kingdom knows anything about Chiefs of Holland, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. <sighs> that lawyer scored a touchdown, huh? Warrior? How many letters are in that word? Lawyer. I don't know, Throwing man. home here with home strike. I was doing my best Joe Namath impersonation. Sure. I'm not going to do mine. Struggling. You to struggling for sure. <laughs> struggling is... Lawyer. Struggling is not a question. Lawyer? No, that's going to be on there. We'll, we'll do one of those. Well, that'll be this or that, because I always find it funny. <laughs> welcome. Hey, welcome back into... I couldn't care less about the team struggling. <laughs> welcome back into uh, Sterling's uh, preparation for this or that, also known as the first... 45 minutes of my hour on the home stretch. Yeah, we're just, it's prep work with Sterling Disco. just comes up with good ideas for things to tweet about. 
or to ask me about. I, well, I'm not going to tweet about it. That's, I'm just in general. I'm, I was gonna I was gonna pull up. I was going to pull up some things that we're going to talk about here. Don't, what are you waiting for me? About? Well, we were going to talk about how the Chiefs were the second lowest graded team in the NFL, according to the NFLPA. Still should. 1,700 players were polled, more than the 1,300 last year. Um, 77, I think I saw, percent participation in that, something around there. Yeah, and so the Chiefs ranked uh, 31st out of 32. Chiefs owner Clark Hunt ranked last of all 32 team owners. Uh, and again, the, the grades are based on the players and what they perceive, uh, according to them, more or less a willingness to invest in the team's facilities. The Chiefs ranked 26th in the food cafeteria category, 31st in the nutritionist diet- dietitian category, 31st in training room, and 32nd in training staff. I will say around the NFL, it seemed like um, train staff slash um, – I'm drawing a blank on the word right now. Uh, Facilities or, or uh, I don't know what word you're looking for. I'm sorry. Well, Rick Burkholder. Um, mm-hmm. is, that, is that considered training staff? Then we're, we're, sure. We're yeah, talking, he's we're the head ta- trainer. Head trainer. We're talking yeah. as far as a lack of trainers available. That Correct. seemed to be a not just Chiefs issue, but around the NFL. The details issue. on the Chiefs are worse than most. Correct on that on that front, which is interesting because when your players are the product. You think you'd want to have a ton of trainers available so they can get the recovery that they need. You would think that diet, nutrition, and um, physical health in general (laughs) would be at the very, 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 very top of your list. And unfortunately for the Chiefs, it's very, very, very much not. Like in radio, that'd be fine because... If we get an injury, we're sitting all day. I can eat and crush 47 donuts. It won't matter because I'm sitting all day. I will not be running a 40-yard sprint down the field trying to catch a football. That's fair. Uh, For these professional athletes, I'd have to imagine you'd want them to, after they get hit, have people who can be there to help them recover. And you'd want them to have the dietary, food, nutritionist um, available to them, I, I, I'm, I'm befuddled by this. This this is the most damning, I think of of I think of everything. The, the Clark Hunt grade is bad, and there's a story about the Chiefs promising um, upgrades to their their practice facility locker rooms where they spend most of their time, and then that never actually happening. And there was a quote from um, the president of the NFLPA saying that the Chiefs were told they played too long for the actual renovations to end up happening, which is a hell of an incentive to keep winning playoff games. But yeah. I, I digress for the moment. J.C. Treader, the NFLPA president, said the Chiefs were promised the uh, locker room renovations after the 2022 season, but according to the NFLPA, players were told their Super Bowl run extended the season so long the team didn't have enough time in the offseason to make re- uh, renovations, which I have to imagine that means not this year either because right. they're fewer, they didn't play at home as late, I guess. Yeah. That is just obviously the worst excuse you could possibly <laughs> give for literally anything as a professional football team. You played in the Super Bowl and won it, so we can't do this is horrendous. Here's the blurb about the training staff thing that really bums me out. And you hear a lot of a lot of Chiefs players um, tell story. And last last year, Rick Burkholder got a little bit of a little bit of shade in this specifically. Yeah, I haven't seen that specific to him this year. Um, but the the other trainers who you've heard about, um, like Julie Freimeyer, who did a, a whole bunch. She was on Mahomes' leg last year, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I cannot remember the name of the guy who who um, Travis Kelsey has shouted out before. I apologize for that. But they have gotten praise from the stars many times over. 
This is the problem. This is from the report. The players' issue with quality of care is mostly centered around the training room. The players feel that the training room is significantly understaffed, with only 43% of the team responding that they get an adequate amount of one-on-one treatment time. Players feel that the staff is unwilling to provide the necessary treatment to support recovery and performance. For example, players are not allowed to get preventative treatment, soft tissue work, and other care for soreness and day-to-day issues, a regular offering across the NFL if you are an NFL team and you are sending your players home sore that wanted to stay and get some preventative work on the soreness and day-to-day things that pop up over the course of the week that's malpractice man like that's horrible and these aren't any first-year players obviously some of the guys on this team have only known the Chiefs but that's what this does in terms of the context and why, like, the, the, the letter the letter grading is one thing. The ranking out of 32 is more impactful to me because it is putting it in the context of the rest of the NFL. And the Chiefs are at the bottom of the league, literally bottom, if you want to connect Clark Hunt specifically in investing in the facilities and then the facilities themselves, the training staff, the day-to-day care, and the nutrition. That stuff is all at the bottom of the league. And that's those are players putting that out there on a team that's successful, yeah. on a team that whose head coach has an A-plus, the best, the best mark in, in football. This is a team that loves its coaching staff and that loves winning and being a part of this team, as far as I can tell, loves its teammates, and still there is such a poor degree of quality compared to the rest of the NFL there that they stand out in a bad way. That's a huge bummer, man. Well, and I wonder if this is why, again, I I think we've also should come to an understanding that players take money more so than the chance to win a ring. Especially short careers, all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we've seen that play out time and time again. But also I wonder if... Players who might be on the fence say, well, that's great and all, but look at the training facilities. Look at the locker room. Would I want to get paid less money and have a worse setup for myself? Right. And I think that that needs to be thrown into the equation as well. I was trying to do some research here. This is according to Indeed.com back in 2018. Okay. 2018 survey found that trainers earning in the 25th percentile as an NFL trainer earn 55000 per year. Hmm. Those in the 75th percentile are earning 257000 per year. So big range of, of um, money there. But you'd have to imagine, so the 50% mark, let's just say 125000 or, or, or so. Sure. You couldn't hire like... Five more? That's <laughs> like like ten more. Like like you're you're talking about million dollar investments, multi million dollar investments, and they can't get the the training. They can't get the preventative training that they think that they need. I don't understand it. Like I, I understand if you're sitting here going. Okay, well, why can't they eat at home? Fine, I'll at least listen to you. But when it comes to actual what their on-field performance is justified by, yes. if they're like, I can't get healthy, I can't get right, yes, I don't have the training staff to help, well, then that's the big issue. There's no excuse for that. Have you seen the thing that Jason from Over the Cap tweeted out about team spending versus playoff success? The uh, the chart is, is at Jason underscore OTC on Twitter. I'll show you your you Sterling. If anyone else wants to look it up, here's how much each team spent from 2019 to 2023 on the team versus playoff success, giving one point for wild card wins, four division losses, eight for conference championship losses, so whatever. Um, he had to do two separate graphs because the Chiefs are such standalones. So 
verticality here is playoff success, which you will, of course, note the Chiefs are way above everybody else. Left is cheap. Right is spent the most in terms of cash over those years. Yikes. The Chiefs are on the top left corner of this graph. They, they have had by far the most playoff success by these metrics, and something like, looks like maybe tied for fourth or fifth lowest in spending. Man, the most famous woman in the world was wearing a Super Bowl merch around her world tour, and obviously that's not reflected in what these grades are. This is from the year prior. But the Chiefs have won back-to-back Super Bowls. Taylor Swift's helping them sell merch now. They have the two most famous players in football on the same team. And we're talking about, like, well, is is Clark Hunt going to be willing to give Mahomes a, that big signing bonus here to restructure that and, and prorate it all out and maybe uh, have to give a big signing bonus to Chris Jones and still hit the salary cap this year and put that money in escrow? There's there's just no excuse for all of those things to all come together. There are logistical issues for things like renovating the practice facilities and all of that, but there's also no proactivity here. Like even the the argument that like, well, he hasn't had much time to respond to the last survey coming out before the new one ended up being taken. And there's a tight tighter window in there. There's there's not a a, a shovel in the dirt at the facilities right now either. Yeah. And, and I don't know. And people have gotten this misconstrued today. They redid the Arrowhead locker rooms recently and showed yeah. all that. They spend uh, eight or maybe nine, I guess, playoff with the playoffs up to maybe ten days a year in those locker rooms. They go to dorms in St. Joe for training camp, and mm. they spend every other day in the, faci- the practice facilities yeah. where they, they touted in the report now that they did actually get chairs with backs this year as opposed to having all of these professional athletes sitting on stools every day. Dog, if I sit on a stool for over 30 minutes, my back hurts. Right. Now imagine being Derek Naughty. And I'm 29. Jones. Their dude's obviously a lot larger and even Chris older. Chris Jones is and larger and older, right? Yeah, He's like, 30 now. Like, I know how back, backs work be. once you hit a certain age. Yeah, like, man. That, that can't be good. Imagine Mitchell Schwartz with his back issue. Like, I, I just all of that is bonkers to me. Where, where do you find the biggest blame to fall on? Like, like, like who, who are you blaming the most for this? Like, I, I think a lot of people are, are just going to say... Clark Hunt because yeah. he, he he's the owner of the team, but maybe he's not the one. And again, I I don't know how this works. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. like, hey man, I have a, this delegated out to someone else who's supposed to be on this. Maybe someone else is supposed to like. I'm just saying hypothetically sure. here because we, we we'll never Mark know. Mark Donovan's the president yes. of, of like the business side. Uh, Brett Veach and Andy Reid obviously on the football side. Here's what I will tell you: Clark Hunt is the chairman and CEO. Yeah. This stuff goes back to him. Sure. It looked bad last year, and we're here again this year. Mm -hmm. And Clark Hunt is not the on-camera owner that a few other general managers are. Not a lot of Jerry Jones is still out here running around quite like that. But but I would say Clark Hunt probably talks publicly less often than your average owner by a little bit, maybe. Not extreme, but he's also certainly not boisterous about it. Sure. You, you don't know a whole lot about Clark Hunt outside of he owns the Chiefs and you see him on stage at the end of, of seasons. He is the chair of the NFL's finance committee. The money in the sport, as far as I would understand, is understood better by virtually no one than Clark Hunt. That he knows the league's finances, he knows the team's finances. I have heard many, many, many times um, reporters in sort of casual mentioning talking about what the budget-setting meetings are like with, with Clark Hunt and Brett Veach and figuring all that out. And big decisions still have to get cleared by the owner in this case. 
I don't think that this makes Clark Hunt a terrible owner, but I think he had plenty of opportunities to be proactive at any of this instead of, as it sure seems now, figuring out what the baseline of acceptable is and then just kind of powering through that. Maybe he was isolated and insulated from those criticisms before last year's report card came out. I don't know what those meetings have been like, but... Regardless of the details of the hierarchy, which, again, we don't know, and I don't think Clark Hunt spends a whole lot of time in the practice facility locker rooms. Yeah. I don't know when the last time he was in there was. I really, And that's not a, a shade. I don't know when any owner's ever in the practice facility locker rooms. I don't. You don't want David Tepper in there, so <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But ultimately, it reflects on Clark Hunt, and I think that is fair. I, I also wonder how much of this is a waiting game. I know it's still a while but if the Royals moved downtown and they knew they were going to, if they knew for a while the Royals moving downtown, hey. Oh, this coming out while they were asking for $500 million yeah, at a podium today oh, was oh, delicious. Of course. Unbelievable. Of course. But, but I wonder how much of that was a case of, hey, if we're going to have to build a whole new practice facility anyways, why would we spend all this money in it if we're going to eventually just be in it for a couple years? Yep. Which, again, I, I'm not saying this, this is me trying to take their side, but I wonder how much of that thought process is involved in it. That's something that they need to have answers for. Correct. You can you can offer them that olive branch. That needs, but what we heard last year was Clark Hunt say, "Yeah, we're we're aware that we need to make some upgrades." And then today he said, "Yeah, we're aware we need to make some upgrades." And it's been the same practice facilities for a real long time without any meaningful. Have you been? Have you been in the locker rooms there at the Freddy? No. Like, it's been a minute since I have, but. Um, it's how you, were you there a minute ago? It's sorry. Uh, it's been a little while since I've been in there, but. It's just a, it's like, it's a locker room in the way that you would think of a gym locker room, much more than it's a uh, LSU revamped locker room with everybody's own like TV nameplates and all of that stuff. It, it's all kind of baffling to me because this is embarrassing for the Chiefs. Like, this is a bad look. They have won in spite of that. Not because of that. They've won in spite of that, and they'll probably keep winning because their head coach has an A plus, and their GM would get an A plus in in terms of like actually what he's achieved, especially doing it with less cash spending than the team's peers would have. They've, so they had less room to be creative, which is amazing because of how creative they've actually been. It, it's all it's wild to me. Well, it's interesting because again, I don't know if Clark Hunt has the. I don't think people view him as a cheap owner. Like I, I like I I don't not, he's not the the most expensive spending owner, but I, I don't know if he's like when you hear of of that you think of I think Cincinnati's yes sure, owner, sure, like, sure, like, sure. Like, like reputationally like reputationally big, yeah. I don't think he's in that that mark and or right. that category and it's interesting too when you see former players they all have glowing things to say like I get that's not necessarily just Clark Hunt but obviously the Chiefs Players Association here right they they they, they they love the Chiefs organization. They have glowing things to say, and you don't hear about every other organization, like former players and drill. But again, that's not the current guys. Right. So that's former stuff. But I, I, I just find it interesting that the only time we really hear negative things, we've heard in the past two years at this time and based on this report card. So I, I mm-hmm. never know how much to gleam from it. You think Mike Edwards would like to say that his boss sucks? No. I think that's what it is. I, I think the guys who work with Clark Hunt are Andy Reid, Brett Veach, Mark Donovan. Like, in terms of, I'm, I'm, this is, none of this is privileged information. I'm just kind of saying, think like head of those sort of categories. You hear those guys talk about Clark Hunt and how great he is all the sure. time. You hear, 
when they sign a big contract, Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones or whoever will all say, you know, oh, thank the Hunts or even the Clarks, perhaps. You think the owning, <laughs> you, you think the, the owning family or, or whoever it is, right? That's sort of common practice. I don't, I'm picking Mike Edwards. He's a guy who was here for one year and may only be here one year total. I sure. have no reason to believe that, that Mike Edwards has been publicly unhappy with anything. But if, if Drew Tranquil says publicly at several turns, man, I love it here in Kansas City. This is the culture. You didn't have this in LA. Look at this parade. Look at how drunk I am. I love this. But then he said in, but he said in week six, you know, yeah, it's been hard for me to, to stay fully healthy here because we don't have the trainers that we need. So I've got a nagging injury that I can't really get worked on because they don't let us in there unless it's a serious injury. If he said that at a podium, it would be a national news story, rightfully so, and Drew Tranquil would get a talking to. Yeah. I don't know who from, but somebody would be unhappy about him going about it that way. Now you have 77, I think, percent of the NFL participating in this NFLPA survey and you have the benefit of an anonymity and the benefit of well it's not just me with sour grapes which which fans have tried to last year some fans are trying to pin that on like pick a few pending free agents yeah. to blame for this when you have almost 80% of the league saying collectively or hopefully it's around 70 to 80% of each team just so it's balanced collectively saying yeah this is all of us saying this together. The stars can't tilt it one way or the other, and the rookie minimum guys can't tilt it all the way one way or the other. That's, like, as to my understanding, this is the average of yeah. what these responses are. And these responses seem pretty damn near unanimous that that has been insufficient. And again, that, that to me, I, I don't think there's any way to spin this into anything other than the Chiefs need to do better here, especially as a team and as an ownership group and as a franchise who has been rewarded with so much success. Yeah. Uh, and just for an example, teams can make a large jump. So if you think that they need more time, Jacksonville went from 28th last year to 5th overall this season. Interesting. Um, last year's survey for Jacksonville did complain about rats. And, and Urban Meyer? Uh, I would assume. I think that was the report might have after been, uh, Urban Meyer. So, yeah, but there you go. But they they no longer have that, rats. That so. encompasses both, right? Yeah. Rats. <laughs> uh, Ooh, nails. Good Dylan work, Dylan. Dylan. Top rope. Good work, Dylan. Um, but I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and the Cardinals made some improvements. The, the Raiders would have been too. much higher up if it wasn't for Josh McDaniels tanking their grade. That's dead serious. I saw yeah. somebody was breaking the, the grades down that way. Yeah, there's room for improvement, and it doesn't feel like they exactly leapt into action when they realized there was room for improvement last year. They won another Super Bowl, and we're like, hey, guys, could we figure out like another meeting room that we could turn into a secondary training room so Travis Kelsey can have his knees worked on? Uh, that's Actually, I looked it up. The Raiders dropped from third to ninth because they added that head coach one, and uh, yeah, Josh McDaniels was 32nd in the head coach category, so which I have no name. idea how they he ever got another opportunity. At least they listened to players this time with Antonio Pierce, so that'll, uh, uh, yeah. It'll be a cooler vibe for sure. Tampa's interesting. Sometimes you find these interesting little tidbits, right? Um, some teams require their younger players to room together in the hotel on the night before the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the know. Chiefs also do that. Yeah, or did that. and that's I don't I don't think that's really weird. I, I mean, it's kind of like an accountability thing. But I guess you're also a professional athlete. That's you might want your thing. own time. That's the thing. Is like I mean, I don't know. If we're Every, the, the, the the poorest dude here is making hundreds of thousands of dollars, and yeah. you're going to make us room together to save 80 bucks? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's true. The, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offer players the option to buy out of the roommate requirement for 1750 bucks a year, which, again, just seems... So it's not a principal thing. Like, <laughs> is Andy Reid like... taking everybody to St. Joe's a principal thing, right? Yeah. Like, there's a benefit to it. 
for how two grand for two grand you can get your own hotel rooms on your work trip here professional athlete like it's just that's the kind of stuff that's just like petty that lots of people deal with at their at their jobs but it's the type of thing that's like hey if, if we're like a really smooth well-run organization only 32 of these in the world um and we're this huge money-making venture for for you the ownership um you'd just like for it to be handled like grown-ups were in charge yeah and then according to this survey miami and minnesota were the top two and apparently it's by a, a wide margin yeah. of the top two teams um you want to take a guess who's 32nd yeah because the chiefs are 31 right yeah well, I, I, I actually i actually didn't I know, see i figured you but knew their owner got a b somehow uh, right. owner okay, that this was, is dylan was grinding his axe on this one forced out of the city and everyone hated somehow got a b but clark gets an f that's where i'm kind of like thinking that this yeah. is a little but it's, fo- it is football specific, team it is specifically about the realm of investing in the facilities, which also is a weird thing for Washington to get like a clear I mean, on. Right. Um, because How can they finish dead last? But then Dan Snyder gets a B for investing. What was he? I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I don't not know what the, say what I was going to say there. I don't know what know, the like practice. Was, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the practice facilities were. Also, also at that point, I don't think Dan may not have been the acting owner. No, no, it may no, have been he, his wife. So at I that did point. all the date checking okay. before I said this earlier. He. This well, that was before out, he got ousted. Then this is in March. When this right. came out, because then they did the other one basically right after it. Right. He wasn't ousted until July, and Josh Harris isn't the owner until this November. His wife was the acting owner at some point for a little, like, window in true. there. That is true. Um, but, and again, here's the thing. Your day-to-day, if you're Mike Pinnell or whatever, your day-to-day is not going to be affected by the owner of the team very often at all. I think that – now, it, it is weird to me still, Dylan, that, like, if, if, if Washington's – I haven't seen all of their grades. If Washington's training facility and practice facility and, and nutrition grades are all crappy, but then there's the question about is the owner willing to spend money on stuff? Yeah. That being a little incongru- incongruous is, is strange. The other thing I'll say is with this many respondents and 32 teams and all these different categories, you are going to get some weird noise that you can try to ferret out. The unfortunate thing for the Chiefs is that Clark Hunt is not the outlier. Clark Hunt, in terms of the investment and then all of those corresponding things, are all in the same boat. So the, for the, the Washington one is weird. The Chiefs one seems like it tells a pretty consistent story, unfortunately. And what I they love Andy Reid and hate everything else. Y- y- you know what's not fun is ever being in a category with Washington. Yeah, not that, a good that, place that, to that, be. That's typically not the organization mm. you want um Definitely not culture. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. again, is weird because it seems yeah. like the Chiefs' culture is outstanding. But who, again, but who sets the culture? Uh, yeah. there, there is the yeah. team culture and player culture and coach culture. And then do we feel like we, the players, are getting a benefit of the fact that we have won back-to-back yeah. Super Bowls at this point? Again, not, not at yeah. the time that that survey was taken. I understand being like, do I – do we, like – does our quality of life improve at all when we keep winning and making you more money? Or is it just we're going to just churn and burn and, and get our, our charred remains left to the side at some point? What about a pizza party? You think that would... that would, It kind that, of feels <laughs> like that's where, that's where we're at. Yeah. We'll take a break, come back. We'll finish up with Briscoe. A, a trip down memory lane, the wow. final version of This or That. All right, This or That with Briscoe. Is this the final this or that we're ever going to do? Maybe. No, it's not. We'll have you on for that. I'm going to call you up sometime for this or that. Uh, what's your ghost clothes question? So the ghost, it's, if yeah. you die, if do you, you wear the same outfit as a ghost forever, or do you have like a rotating wardrobe? Yeah, or, or do you get to do you get to go pick out your ghost clothes at some point? Do you have a, yeah, do you have a, a, glo- a ghost wardrobe, maybe? Mm. I think that in my, in my view, view of it all, you probably 
as a ghost wear what you were wearing at, at your at your passing, like your Peter Griffin, like you wear the same yes. outfit. Yeah. Your Doug, yeah. So I I try to just make sure that you know most days, or you know, if this is what I go in, that my ghost will will be comfortable and fashionable. That's why I always wear ascots. Uh, yeah. Beards or Dylan, uh, they're the same person. So it doesn't. I don't get. To, I don't have to choose. It's a good yeah, call. Good exactly. call. Technicality. Exactly. Uh, favorite bearded show. producers who are always wearing a hat under their headphones. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> who have beards? Exactly. Uh, favorite like show you've ever done. Individual show. This might be like kind of obvious, but I think the first Chiefs uh, Super Bowl post game show has to be like that's. There are a lot of really good weirder answers that if I had more time, I'm sure I could think about. But that was surreal. Uh, did you ever call your teacher mom? Oh wait, you did because you were homeschooled. Just how you called Dylan dad earlier. That was weird. I didn't mean to call him dad earlier, but. Whatever you got to do, Dad. Oh, Sterling. Uh, wild Cherry Pepsi or Cherry Coke? Diet. If I can get the zero sugar either way, ideally. Cherry Pepsi. Coke usually trumps everything there, but the cherries, I'll take Pepsi. Uh, how many Royals games will you watch this year since you no longer have to keep wow. up with them? Yikes, man. This <laughs> one. I... 25. And some in the background. I'll watch some. I'll follow it. The Texans were the surprise team in the NFL this season. 50? 25. Who will it be next year? I'm going to go to a couple games. Surprise NFL team next season? Mm -hmm. Is it lame to say the Chargers? (laughs) (laughs) It started. He's leaving. He's leaving here. He's now. Look at him. He's now become part of the national media. That stinks, too. (laughs) I don't know. Draft hasn't happened yet. Uh, the Vikings. They bring back Kirk Cousins and they win the division. There Atlanta you go. gets uh, Kirk Cousins. Who will you miss the most? The, what person will I miss the who most? Will you miss the most? Lebo. Easy. Yeah, that's a good question. Easy. <laughs> Dang, that sucks. <laughs> I just Dylan wanted to. I just, Dylan knew that I was joking. You might not have. Uh, over under when Renee gets the Chief Stakes because you don't have a an outlet as much. I'm only weird, daily only, outfit. Only weird daily games. Outfit out. Outlet. Only weird games will continue, and I'll keep doing arrowheadreport.com on SI. Um, but Renee's already sick of me. So, like, three days? Yeah. yeah three days. Uh, handshake or fist bump? Fist, fist bump. Fist pump. Bump. Fist pump. Bump. Uh, playoff Sammy or playoff MVS? Playoff Sammy, but I appreciate playoff MVS. Lawyer or lawyer? Lawyer. Final version of this question this or that? You know what, Sterling, this time I'm going to have to take that. Is a French stainer leaving? What? Is the fridge staying or leaving? You guys can keep the fridge. Ah!